0: It is our first episode of 2024, and it's a big one. We know some new details about the future of the X-Men. Of course, the big relaunch is coming up. It's imminent, and we're starting to learn more details, including something that will shock everyone, that shocked the shit out of me when I heard it, the story, which I will tell later, of how Jim Lee was nearly at the tip of the spear for the future of the X-Men.
1: What? That's crazy. The socks came off. Whoa!
0: The socks came <laughs> off. Wait, sorry. Um... That would knock my socks off, too, <laughs> it if it did. were to happen. Oh. Before we get into all that, of course, we've got three pals on hand today. We've got Marco. Tyler
2: I will never have that much energy this early in the morning so
1: sorry and and that's because I I made breakfast I like did a little exercise this is all
0: over it oh I have to prep for the show beforehand Marco
1: (laughs) I had time dude
0: I'm Sean welcome to the show make sure that you guys smash the like button if you're hearing me as you file in we've got something fun to do a little bit later Let's dive into what it is that we're here to talk about right now. So first up is the fact that the free comic book day solicits have made the rounds once again. Mm -hmm. For some reason, when this first happened, it's almost like people weren't paying attention. They They had their blinders on. Nobody paid attention to the fact that Gail Simone was working on a story in the free comic book day issue with David Marquez on The X-Men, a Jubilee story that takes them back to the beginning that shows how you can never go home again. That's essentially what the solicit says. No one paid attention to this. There no was one. limited conversation about the fact that maybe Gail Simone was going to be the writer of The X-Men going forward, but uh, by and large, it got ignored. Now, it's recirculating because uh, Final Order Cutoff Day has come, and everybody's talking about it. This is what I've been saying for like four months. And and a point on the uh, end of year, right? Not yet. Not quite.
1: Okay. Okay. okay, Not quite. Still fresh in my
0: mind. However, mm, mm, mm. it's worth pointing out that she's not the only person that, you know, these solicits came around on. Because it's uh, Dennis Camp, who's writing the story, the ultimate story in Free Comic Book Day issue. Announced that he's writing the ultimates going forward. An ongoing ultimate series. So that was my choice in the breakout star of 2024. I think I'm up. Yeah The the points are there. We'll see.
1: We'll see. We'll see. see. Yes, Tyler. We'll We'll see. see. We got a whole year ahead. This is the first year show. We got 51
0: left. I love it. I love it. This year is starting off incredibly. Like I've been so (laughs) jazzed to do this episode because there's just so much that's come out. Um, real quick on the Dennis Camp thing, that's great news. I'm excited. He's been doing great work. Um, good stuff. can Are wait.
2: there solicits for that, or do we have like a, a rest of the team? Anything else? Any news there?
0: Uh, yeah. It's um, it's uh, let's see. Sorry, not to put you on the to... spot. Yeah, I wasn't really planning to talk about this. Um, Dennis Camp. It's Swan for for Gary. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And yeah. they're going to be facing off against the hand,
2: I believe. Oh, the ultimate against the hand, but I guess the hand would probably be one of those other sex
0: of superpowers. Excuse me. Um, all right. Could be good. Yeah. As ever. Uh, I'm sure that if they're giving him the, the bag um, to do, to do ultimates that he's got to have an idea that knocked them off their socks hmm. or knock their socks off. Excuse me. Um, it's The ultimates versus the agents of hand, so and it's h a n d z. Oh, no, oh, like that, like, like a name yeah, almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. okay. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. But back to the Gail Simone aspect of it, uh, she's still staying tight lipped. When this first came out months ago, she didn't even, I don't even think she typed the the, the word, the name X Men, she said. Oh, people are saying I'm going to be working on a thing. I have no idea about that. It's like, come on, Gil. You got no idea? A thing?
1: You mean like the thing? As in the Fantastic Four? As in the Fantastic Four who technically are... No. It's
0: yeah, thank goodness you let that go. Yeah. Um, As much as I have bang- b- uh, been banging this drum, there's a part of me that goes, wait a second. Is Marvel really about to hand over the reins of the X-Men as their big relaunch party to Gail Simone? Not because Gail Simone is not talented, because she definitely is. I think she's great. I just don't know if the box office is there. The The way it was there with Hickman.
1: I I think... They're. I mean, it seems like they're catering. You, you want to go back to meat and potatoes, and meat and potatoes. You know, for for me and X Men, I imagine is back in Westchester. You know, the Danger Room there. They're they're doing more super heroics. It's less of this sci fi grandioseness. Grandioseness is not a word. Am I making shit up? It is um, not. And uh, I think Gail Simone is one of those people that that attracts is is a big name and maybe kind of straddles two eras one of people who of who are used to uh, maybe older x-men and people who are familiar with her work and see it as you know legacy and now is
0: coming back into the fold right i hear that for sure i definitely i definitely think that gail is a good pick from that sort of standpoint Hmm. i wonder how long she'll be on the book If she is announced for the book also this even the solicit
2: feels like it's an intro story for a
0: era rather than a story. Does that make sense? I know what you're saying, but I'm trying to figure out how the hell you got that from this
2: (laughs) because it's about Jubilee going back and how you can't go back to your to your roots because it's, it's clearly saying we're going back to a school. Right, um, but it's going to be different somehow. I wouldn't be surprised if we go back to the school with Magneto as a headmaster. Honestly,
1: that'd be rad.
0: I I'd rather save the speculation for like the story stuff, just because we know literally nothing. Um, I don't. I'm less confident in my pick of Gail being the writer, but every single detail that we know is telling me she's the writer at the same time. Because this is what Marvel does their free comic book day issues are always a tease of the future. Every single one of these stories that we know outside of this is being told by the same creative team uh, with almost no changes. To the one that's going to be telling the story that's coming after. Like the Bloodhunt tease, the Spider-Man tease. Now we know Dennis Camp is working on Ultimates. It's
2: all straight. My biggest like check in the It's Not Happening column is that there was no big announcement.
0: But there there was no announcement for Dennis Camp. Because, because Ultimates line
2: already exists. That's it's just a new Ultimates book. This is a whole new line in era of the X-Men. It's bigger than Another Ultimates book when we already have three of them. I
1: think that's. I fair. feel
2: like this would have been especially post Krakoa. I feel like there would have been at least a Monday morning press release about it.
0: But they didn't even do that for Gods. This is this they is they did free comic book day free comic book day issues are always like this. But Gods was announced before the free comic book day thing.
2: It had I it had a press release. Yeah, yeah,
3: and
1: uh, but I think I think that point's salient. salient. Um, Tyler, I think you need that big, um, that big, just bombastic announcement because you're trying to drum up uh, a bit of fervor. And and as much as the the free comic book day is indicative, um, I think for something like the future of X Men, you need a, a a
0: stance. Guys, it's January. It's ja- it's January. It doesn't start until what July. I know, but and if we're you're gonna... still in the middle of the end. They're but not. They already... They're not soliciting that. Until we're way closer to the end than we are.
2: I don't think it needs to be a solicit. I think it could be an announcement. Like, they remember they're, they announced in November, they're like, news coming this month and it never happened? Because they were planning on announcing something and they didn't. And I feel like even on the cover of this, it almost fa- feels like they're trying to hide that the X-Men are part of this. Because um, it's like, plus, you know, it's, it's a side story that doesn't even get a part of the cover outside of a logo. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Something smells weird about this.
0: Because of the fact that the current era is not over. Fair, fair. It just smells weird to me. I feel like this is, this is how it always is when there's, a, when there's an, impending, an impending era. Um, and Blood Hunt is imminent. So if you look at the cover, it's Blood Hunt plus X-Men from the Ashes. Blood Hunt is what's coming mm-hmm. now. The, the You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but Gail Simone could end up being announced as the ongoing writer for the X-Men. We know that she's working on this short story, potentially, with David Marquez. We'll see where things go. I don't think David Marquez is a guy you get just to do a one-off story. If they got David Marquez back, my mind tells me that he is the artist for the X-Men. Where's he been we know, like uh Marquez went to DC to work with Bendis, but I don't know, I can't think of what he's been doing since that.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh I posted the the story, uh, the the image, the, the thumbnail on our story. Uh you know, it's a future of X-Men, Jim Lee, and Jeff Johns just did a shocked face emoji reaction to it. So <laughs>
0: sick. Um nobody. Yeah, I mean, looking at his Wikipedia page David Marquez's the last thing he's credited for here which it's Wikipedia so uh is Detective Comics a short story in 2020. Yeah, he's been kind of away for a bit, I think. Yeah, looks like it.
2: Did he get, did he get
0: hurt? Do I why do I feel like I've heard that? I
3: don't
0: know. Mm-hmm. Uh before we move on because there's a lot more X related stuff uh, I want to say hello to the chat. I've seen I see a lot of you guys out there. Um, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Let's get those likes up. We've got a fun game we're going to play a little bit later, and I want to hear your thoughts on this story. Is Gail Simone and David Marquez the team for the X Men going forward? That's the question right now. Can I throw you a question? Yes. And Marco, please put up a poll if you can. Go ahead yeah. Down. How does that creative team sound to you? I am excited by it. I'm excited by it. I like Gail Simone a lot, um, and I feel like she's never really been given the ball per se. Um, and I think David Marquez is a is a phenomenal talent. Uh, that being said, would I be more excited if the name was Donnie Cates or Scott Snyder? Or even Kelly Thompson just because of they're hotter right now. Um, yes. I'm I'm I like the idea of
2: Gail on the book. I think Gail's like you said, one of those people that I mean, she's one of like the more uh prominent female writers out there. Um and the most recent thing she did at Marvel, uh, she did more recent things, like uh like variants, um, the Jessica Jones book. Yeah. Um but her stuff with like domino, real fun stuff. Real cheery, fun, goofy. I mean, she... Sorry, sorry, Rob, but she kind of made Deadpool who Deadpool is um, in terms of the characterization him being a goofy weirdo um, and not just a mercenary. Um, So, like, she has a hand in X-Men already that I'm pretty excited to see. And honestly, with how dreary and depressing the fall of X-Line has been, in my opinion, uh, within the past couple months uh something a little more lighthearted it would be something i would welcome with open arms
0: i just don't want that at the detriment of like really really great big x-men storytelling we cannot go back to basics and then go to the small scale stories um the x-men the x-men is an anchor franchise And it needs to be treated like that. We had way too many years of like little shitty X stories just to just to pass the time. It's even more of an anchor franchise coming up, too. Yeah, it
2: it is an IP anchor at that point.
0: It's there's the only Marvel movie coming out in this year. Twenty twenty four is Deadpool three. Yes, A a an X men movie. There is no way. That the X Men are not going to be at the top of the mountain this year. They have to be. So. Mountain
2: on Mars. That's uh, with Wolverine too in that movie too. So.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: the thing, and and I think Sean, that's the biggest issue for me is we came from Mars to a mansion, right? If if that's the trajectory,
0: I'm cold on it. I can see that. I feel like there's going to be some angle. I feel like there's going to be some angle. I don't think they're going to live on Mars. I think that's a pipe dream, but I think there's going to be some angle that makes this interesting and intriguing for the people like yourself that say it's way too, uh, way too much of a rubber band. Something has to stick or something has to be different. Um, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flo Dameron says, only thing Marvel I'm excited for is the ultimate line. Everything feels stale at Marvel. I'm, uh, everything feels stale at Marvel right now outside of Ghost Rider and Hulk. Ooh, Hulk's been, oh, Ghost Rider. Let's, let's put a pin in that. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're going to talk about that, that a little bit. I have thoughts on that. Yeah. Atomic Count says, I would be excited if they said they were relaunching with no more than three to four titles a month. Yes. Yes. <laughs> One of them being Fallen Angels. That's what I want to see. Oh God, uh, I like that book. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a, a core X Men title, right? So whatever you are going to call it, Uncanny Adjective List. Who cares? Uh, you have to have an offbeat, quirky book, I think. But then, do solo titles count? Because we already know we're getting Wolverine. So I don't want like I don't want there to be only two X Men team books and one solo. book.
2: In my mind, Wolverine is always separate. Like I think it wasn't until the Krakoa age where I was like, "Oh, Wolverine is part of the X Men line." I don't know why my brain always thought it that way.
1: I see that. I see that because he's just off doing his own stuff a lot of the time. Like he crosses over, but he crosses over in other books.
2: Yeah, he crosses over to Jean in Scott's bedroom. Hey, hey yo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think three to four titles is solid. Uh, an X uh, X Men, agreed, adjectivist or otherwise. Wolverine, I'm gonna count that something related to the magic world because I think that that's still pretty big and was pretty popular. You could do an X Force, or yeah, an X Force, yeah. yeah, and that that feels good. And then from there, you do little little variants, little offshoots to supplement what people want with certain characters. And we know there's a new Deadpool book coming out as well, so
0: that that I'll count as separate. That I don't think is X. Yeah, my man's not even a mute. <laughs> uh, all right. So one book we know for sure is coming is Wolverine. It's the 50th anniversary. They're not going to not have a Wolverine book on stands. And I think that they clearly want to do big things with the character, you know, Deadpool three and all that. Um. So it appears that they went and got the biggest artist for the job that they could. So, Mm. Greg Capullo shared art on Instagram of finished pencils for an upcoming Marvel project. Uh, it shows like a tribe of people. They're like, walk- they're walking in the jungle uh, and there's a huge dinosaur foot. Yeah. It looks like the Savage Land. It looks like they're in the Savage Land. And some people were saying they think they saw Kazar. I didn't see Kazar. But okay. What do mean? Like it it's a static image. Like <laughs> uh, Yeah. Uh in the in the Twitter version of the post, this is what Bleeding Cool says. I did not see the Twitter version. Same. It's been deleted. Yeah. Uh it was revealed that that is a page from an issue of Wolverine. Nice. It had it so, was
2: apparently like in the 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 page. Layout it has the the title of the
0: the book on the top left corner, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. As far as outside of Marvel officially announcing it themselves, this is Greg Capullo on Wolverine. That's and it makes sense because months ago Capullo shared uh, what looked like a cover, and if it wasn't a cover, you know, it was a shot, it was a shot of Wolverine. Um, and it was a really good shot of Wolverine, and it looks like it sort of goes with this.
1: Mm, yep. Little, so little, little swampy, little mucky.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. your favorite.
2: So as uh, was that the only one who said it wouldn't be Wolverine no, for Capullo's yeah,
1: book? I, I said, I said Hulk. Was, I said okay. Hulk. So we're
2: question down one, Tyler. Well, not yet. Is what if he's on like Wolverine and then it's like a mini series with a title attached to it?
0: And it's not a, <laughs> if it's a proper... the only Wolverine book, then it counts. Okay. So I'm not seeding yet. I give Wolverine to Savage Land. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. If it's called Savage Lands, right? It's not a wolf. Wolver- it's not Wolverine book. So True. It has to be called Wolverine. It has to be the only Wolverine book. Those are the qualifications.
1: Savage Land Special. Yeah, Here we go.
2: Because if, if this comes out in like Greg Capullo, almost like a black label, and then you know the new X Men line gets announced, and there's a Wolverine book in there, then I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with a
0: bit. I I wouldn't even argue with you. I would say you're right. It would probably be Kale I'd be arguing with. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't watch the point? We had very specific uh I hear Yeah. So, um, this is what I wanted. I think this is great. A lot of people get. Upset, And we're going to talk more about this subject in a little bit. But a lot of people get upset when veteran creators return to a series that or a character or whatever that they're known for. Obviously, people associate uh, Greg Capullo with Wolverine on a lot of levels. And I never really got to see that. That's from before my time as a fan of comics. So for me, Greg Capullo returning to do Wolverine these page this page we saw looks incredible. Greg Capullo still has it, and there's absolutely no reason why I would not want this. It, not to mention his style was changed. You
2: know. His style yeah. back when he originally did it was more akin to a house style. You know, it's not it's it's with a little bit of stylization that separated and you can tell who's who. Um but like since then his style has completely changed.
1: Yeah. He's so probably more than happy. I, I would love to see, like, a, a pre and post, like, returning and just, like, compare images and, and see what, what the differences are. It has to be something in, like, the inks and the scratchiness and stuff.
2: Yeah, like, I think about um, it, it was uh, uh, Chris Boccolo who did uh, Next uh, next Generation, I believe, uh, back in, like, the 90s. And it feels like Chris Boccolo but it's not quite the current Chris Boccolo that's real out there and wild and anatomy is crazy. So it is cool seeing those artists in a more contemporary setting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying anyone is upset about this specific thing. I'm saying that generally speaking, I mean, how many stories have we done about the the 90s you know, nostalgia bait books that people get mad about? Sure, yeah. People get mad when Chris Claremont comes back to work on X-Men, yada, yada, yada
2: or even like Dan Slott writing more
0: Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, That was a huge one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think this is great. What we don't know, what we haven't heard any rumors about, is who will join Greg Capullo for this Wolverine story. I
1: mean in the chat saying PKJ, yo, that would slap.
2: I say no one. Oh, solo! Wait, writer I think,
0: artist? Yeah, I would like to see what he could do there. I feel like Capullo could do something really cool. Damn, I'm into that. Is so Capullo's working on uh the Creech the the, the graphic novel? Yeah, and is he is that his own thing? Does he do that alone? I believe so. The Creech. Yeah, I think it's called Creech.
2: Or the yeah, um, it's something like that. Yeah, um, but like the dude's been around the the industry for long enough, you know. I like I like when I can see an artist, you know, write and do their
0: own singular image, type story. Again, referring to Wikipedia, not the most reliable thing in the world, uh, it says that it was created by Greg Capullo. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that that no writer has ever worked on it, but it does mean no 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 i should say no writer other than greg um but uh yeah he's credited that way Hmm. so it's possible yeah it's written it's it's yeah it's written and drawn by him so that is that is a possibility
2: that would also help him with his money too like if he was doing both
3: yeah
0: he would get more pay. My only concern is that uh, while while we're still months out from the, the launch of whatever this is, I would imagine, um, he's also still working on Creech. So working on a, the Creech uh, trade, you know, um, and then this new Wolverine, that might be a lot. And I think that's
2: why it feels like in my gut that this is like a special mini Wolverine mini.
1: You know, one shot thing.
2: Well, if Marvel had Black Label, it would be something like
1: that. I feel like he's he hasn't come back. I mean, it was the last series he does? He he I mean, he does stuff all the time with Scott Snyder, like you know, a few six to twelve issues here and there. But if he's, I don't know, maybe he's at that point in his career where he's like, I just want to kind of get back into superhero stuff for a little bit. Um, I, I, him being back on the book is phenomenal, and however long we get will be a, a treat. It'll be dessert. So I'm I'm excited for it nonetheless. But if he's willing to stay on for like 10, 15-plus issues, that would be cool.
0: It would be. I would really love to see that. Um, I mean, 12 issues is a year, right? So if Capullo's on Wolverine for a year, I think that's great. Yeah, eating we're eating yeah. good.
2: Yeah. Just give me like a Wolverine-Wendigo or wolverine Sabretooth fight, and I'll be happy. Yeah
0: oh that's gonna be so cool man yeah greg Capulo is certainly not going to disappoint us on wolverine uh by the way as we dig in now to the the really what is the uh the main event of this of this presentation i want to say thank you guys for being here make sure you hit the like button uh we want to get to 20 we want to get to 20 um, Actually, I should probably refresh so I can see where we're at now. 17. Oh, my God. 20. 25. <laughs> uh, let's do 25. Three shy. Uh, Super chats are open. So if you want to kick off the new year with a super chat, we would, of course, appreciate it. Now, at the top, I said that the future of the X-Men almost included Jim Lee. How could that be possible? Jim Lee is the top dog at DC comics. I mean, he's like one step away from God at DC and yet it appears that he was almost swayed from his cush executive suite position at DC to get back in the trenches at Marvel to draw the X-Men. How do I know that? Well, I heard it from comics. Daddy himself. Yo. Rob Liefeld Ooh, comics daddy Right from the horse's mouth Yeah Now, for those of you who don't know Rob Liefeld Who is, you know, one of the Veterans of the industry You know, one of the co-creators of uh, Deadpool You know, took the X-Force to Incredible heights, did did really amazing things Then went over to Image Became an Image founder All that good stuff uh, he's got a podcast called Observations. I listened to the most recent episode, uh, and I have to say it was it was it was fun. It was a good uh, it's a good show. I like he, conversation. Yeah, he's that, a showman. Uh,
2: Rob Liefeld's a showman for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and the episode was called "From Jim Lee to Plan B." Oh, that's so good! Yeah, it is. It's very good. And it was, aside from some, you know, side rambles, it was largely about what he has heard, the rumors that he has heard, that while Marvel was planning the end of the Krokoan era and trying to figure out what would come next, the name Jim Lee was at the top of the list. Now, that makes sense, right? That makes sense. Rob talked about how, There are two things that could happen in comics left. Like dream... You know, Tyler, we always talk about like dream matches in wrestling. Sure, Stone Cold, Punk, yeah. Yeah, dream things that could happen in comics. And he said that there are two left. Creator-based. One of them is Jim Lee's return to the X-Men. Because the X-Men have never sold as many comics before or since. And the other... It's Todd McFarlane on Spider-Man, returning oh, to Spider-Man. That'd be cool. Absolutely, we're three years away from that. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, uh, Rob said that he 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 personally believes that both of those things will happen. Damn. I don't. I don't doubt that, honestly. I completely agree with him on both counts. I think that those are the biggest things left, and I think that they both will happen. Um, it makes all the sense in the world. If you're talking about box office, if you're talking about big money. You know, those are the big money moves. But but is it like he comes back for an issue kind of thing, and that's the big deal? Uh, we're just we're just chatting right now. I'm gonna okay. dive deeper into the story in the moment. Right. I guess I'll just do it now. Um, <laughs> so. Rob talked about how the Krokoan era um, got off to a rough start because of the fact that the Moira McTaggart story, God, I'm obsessed with all of this. Jesus. Okay. So when Moira first appears in House and Powers, It's very much, hey, I've lived all these lives. You know, we see all her different lives. And we see how in each of these lives, mutants get hunted and killed, ultimately. And she's here now in the current timeline, in the current life, right, with Professor Xavier to say we have to do things in a different way. At the time, uh, a lot of people drew the conclusion that Jonathan Hickman stole that concept from a book called "The Fifteen Lives of Harry August," which is an awesome book. And Hickman himself talked about how much he loved that book and how he read that book over a long summer. And then, of course, you know there there are similarities. It's not the same. I think people drew that took that out of proportion. But the the writer Claire North, she was tweeting about this. And she talked a lot about her feelings about this. And Rob's supposition was that she was tweeting her lawyers were talking and sending letters to Marvel. And that that's why Marvel pivoted with Moira. And that's why the the lives thing never came up again, really, after House and Powers. It's used as a device on the part of Sinister, but it's not actually a thing that they go back to. Um, yeah, I don't know if I believe that that that's why they pivoted and then made more of a bad and everything else. Mm. Um, but who knows? We'll never know. Maybe we will. Uh, hmm.
2: I don't. I don't see how Marvel, aka Disney, would back down from such a dubious claim to like an infringement. You know, it's a concept. It's not like
0: characters and actual plot was. I don't know that's a good point though so he's that's how he started off the conversation he said you know and of course waning interest came quickly after house and powers of x on the part of readership he even claims that the only that this uh whole for cohen era should have only lasted one year but when we got into the nitty-gritty he said that in the spring of 2023 Marvel approached Jim Lee not only to get in the trenches and draw the interiors of this new X-Men line, the main X-Book, but to be the architect and to spearhead the future of the X-Men from a top-down standpoint. Does that include film? No, I'm talking about comics. Just, just comics, okay. So you take the the artist who was a part of the biggest era of X-Men of all time, the, the, the best-selling era ever, and someone who has almost more executive, you know, big-time experience in comics at the highest levels than anybody. Anyone who could step down and draw doesn't have that level of experience other than Quesada and McFarland, at this point. And you take that guy and you put him on X-Men and you say, and you're going to oversee this whole deal. Liefeld said he heard this from his industry contacts, the people that he knows in the industry. A guy like that, I'm sure he has friends all over the map. And that Marvel approached him with big money because they have Disney and there's no way that Disney would not want Jim Lee to be a part of this. If if the Marvel brass go to whoever the bean counter is at Disney that they have the contact with and say, Hey, we want to pull up the Brinks truck to Jim Lee with seven figures. Can we make that happen? They said, yes. So they approached Jim Lee with this offer. The story goes that he, he took some time to mull it over. This was in the back channels of every pub, post-con, and everything else, right? And the thing about Jim Lee is that he's a workaholic. When he was young and he was doing pages for, you know, whatever he was doing at Image at the time, he would start drawing at 10, 11 p.m. and finish and go home at 6 a.m. This is when he's in his 20s, right? And apparently at that time, you know, I guess it was Wildstorm or whatever the studio was called that uh, Lee was on at that time. There were a lot of workhorses there that would stay up all night. And Rob said he used to call Jim at 1 a.m. when he couldn't sleep. And he always knew that Jim Lee would be up and they'd both be drawing together. They would talk about whatever was going on. So that's the kind of man that Jim Lee is. Now, Jim Lee has children. And he doesn't have children like Rob does because Rob's got children that are grown and living their lives. Jim Lee has younger children. So the executive position that he has allows him to work more standard hours and get paid the kind of money that he's used to getting paid. But Rob says that Jim Lee is absolutely thinking about his post-DC career. Can't do it forever. And So because of that, this was a very, very difficult decision. Rob says that ultimately, the decision came down to not money and not what he would prefer to do, but what he can't do, which is do interiors at the level that it would take and be there for his family. I mean, I think about
2: what was his most recent interiors uh, it was. So Justice his most League recent interiors and was, the,
0: and this is something that a lot of people don't recognize. His most recent interiors were the first 10 pages of Suicide Squad for the first few issues, however long that was, yep. in 2016. Damn. Which, very good run. That was Rob Williams uh, writing it. But it was only the first 10 issues of each issue, or Ages, yeah. excuse me. And even
2: then, some of those issues would just not have Jim Lee on it. Um, it was very inconsistent. It was good. It looked real nice. Uh, but it was inconsistent. Yeah, and I, and I wonder if, like, that's probably left a sour taste in his mouth, too. Just from a creative. You know, like, oh, I didn't even, the last book I was on, I was barely on. So yeah. I can see the want to be doing an X-Men book um There you know, as a creative.
1: Nah, I, I think he's, he's transcended. He's, he's an executive <laughs> now. That's, that's where he, that's where he's at. His mindset's at, like, <clears throat> I, I don't think en- enough money in the world would uh, bring him back into art unless he gave up the roles that he's in. And to take that big a step down, Um. I, I don't see it. That's not strategic. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, Jim, Jim Lee's a, he's, he seems like he's a, he's got a good head on his shoulder. He thinks through things. Um, <clears throat> there's some chat, some conversation in the chat, Tom account of Colombo you know, using this as leverage to get his most recent perform pr- promotion. I can see that. Um, this is, he's thinking long term, and that's too short term for a Jim Lee at this point. He's not there.
2: This reeks of bullshit to me. <laughs>
1: Same. Um, yeah, I don't
2: see any reality where Marvel and Disney can offer anything monetarily similar to what he's making at DC for just their comic books.
1: Not even that. I, that doesn't I, make I know, sense to me. I think they can probably unlock the budget, but I don't think Jim Lee cares to to do the the more work. Like he's he's in a, in a place where he's doing higher concept stuff than the grunt work of
2: He's what book. uh chief creative officer for DC.
0: And uh he I mean he recently got a promotion. Yeah. Uh he's the CCO President Publisher. Yeah. Um which is a big deal and there's a lot of skill
2: set there. I just yeah, I just I, a, I don't see them I don't see Disney or Marvel putting up that kind of cash for a comic gig unless it was all right, you have Marvel Studios involvement too to help. Then I can see money actually being there. Doesn't make sense for just comics. Um but I do see maybe when Jim, I, I do see Jim Lee thinking about what he does post DC. Um, and I can imagine like once he retires at DC, hopefully it's a retire, not a, an ousting like they've done with so many <laughs> executives over the years. Um, him maybe doing a vanity project at Marvel and probably getting good, good money for it, but nowhere near as close to, you know, chief creative officer and publisher money. Um, he, Marvel he doesn't it retire. doesn't pay that well. <laughs> it's just not in the cards. Yeah.
0: I don't, I think, I think you're this is great for about, Rob's
2: podcast, but outside
0: of that, you're thinking about what they pay the people that work there now. Sure, yeah. To get Jim Lee back, if you don't think Marvel would throw every dollar and cent they possibly can, then I, you just don't know. I don't. Exactly. I don't think the investment, even if it's even if the comic sold incredibly well, it wouldn't be worth that investment. Of course, it would. To have Jim Lee back in the fold, you're bugging out. I I don't think you it would. There are there are people. Who look, th- those comics were selling in the millions. Sure. Those people are still here, a lot of them. Jim Lee comes back. Everybody that stopped reading the X-Men is back. Yeah, they get an issue one. <laughs> That's a big deal. If, if, if but... an issue one, if an issue one that you can charge seven dollars for sells, I don't know, 100,000 copies. Or, and that's that's a conservative number. It won't sell a hundred thousand. It'll sell more than that. You're you're making almost a million dollars off the first issue of the comic. And that's probably just the, the just the, the blank issue or the the A cover. We're not even talking about variants and incentives and everything else. Mm. That is the hottest possible selling comic in comics. And on top of that, you don't just have him as an interior grunt worker, you have him as an overseer. Sure. And you probably sign him to a Legends deal. So you have Jim Lee for some time. And, and you have the X-Men coming back in the films. You don't want the architect, the guy that drew the look and, and feel of the X-Men Sean, from the 90s that everybody loves back in the fold?
2: Doctor Strange was dead when the Doctor Strange movie came out. They don't care about what happens in the movies
0: aligning with the comics. <laughs> See – Tyler, but that, but they actually do. The re the reason why they do that is exactly so they can relaunch the a so they can have something recent, a big event, a recent event with the character to sell, but also to sell a new number one. DC did the exact same thing verbatim with Batman when The Dark Knight came out. Batman was dead when The Dark Knight came out. Dead. Well, I mean,
2: yeah, The Dark Knight. That's a that's
0: a common tactic between the big two. I mean. Not with Aquaman. Um, but,
2: like, I, I just don't see that money going into comics. I, I think they realize that they can get Jim Lee down the line for a lot less than chief creative officer money.
1: I, th- I think the, 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 they would have to... He'd have to retire. He'd have to be literally yep, bored. Exactly. Bored out of his mind to do something, and then they'll come to him and be like, hey, I think the Legends deal makes sense. Yep. I think his his book would sell hotcakes. Um but where he's at now, he's comfortable in doing the work that he wants to do post being a creative. And I think he's still interested in exploring
0: what that looks like post being a creative. Yeah, You think, you think that Jim Lee, one of the greatest artists of all time, doesn't, doesn't have an itch? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I You said he would have to be literally bored to want to do this. You think he doesn't have the itch?
1: But that doesn't mean that you're uh, you have an itch, but you're not. You don't have the time to scratch it.
0: Yeah, we yeah. know that he said no to the deal. That's not what you said. You said he's bored and he's beyond that. I'm saying he's Jim Lee. There's no being beyond doing interiors. If if he could, if he had the time, right now he doesn't. He said no. But this conversation started because you guys said that this was not real. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying say this definitely was real. No, I still don't think it's real. Yeah, uh, I I I think I, th- there,
1: there's no way that that's strategic and th- there's no way that they, they would put something in front of him knowing where he's at that it would even make sense for him to be like to look at it. It's like an immediate just like I appreciate that.
0: I'm I'm where I'm at. That's you like think it t- doesn't make sense for him to look at. You guys I, are bugged. That's out. that's like that's like
2: TNA wow. saying I'm going to try and uh, uh and get Brock, Brock Lesnar in when he's a free agent. Like,
0: eh. It's not the same on any level. That is completely different, Tyler. It's, wow. It's, I, it's not I just the don't, same on any level.
2: Just they don't, There's no money in comics for Chief Creative Officer. If it was a Marvel Studios role, then I would be yeah, sure, maybe there would be something there. Not in just comics.
0: You know what's funny? Whenever we talk about uh, this subject, the money in comics, when we're talking about it, you guys always say, oh, well, they have Disney. It's Disney and Warner Brothers. They can pay up. But now that we're talking about Jim Lee, you're saying, oh, they don't have that kind of money. Of course they do. No, no, they do have that kind of money, just not for comics. All right. We got a super chat yes. from Deus X Macchiato. $10 <laughs> super chat. Thank you. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, if That's DC good. is interested in elevating their Titans, I'd rather see Jim Lee do that title than X Men. I will admit, X Men with a Jim Lee comeback would be a layup. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's the surest bet that exists. Titans. Which is Titans.
2: why I was like, just just wait till he's not chief creative officer, and you don't have to w- w- like like match that money.
0: Yeah, but we'll why back. would they not offer it to him when they are in the middle of a relaunch? Because it's too expensive. Oh, okay. okay, I I, I, mean, I, I mean, Tyler. I don't understand why you can't get this. They're in the middle of a relaunch. Uh-huh. They offer Jim Lee a contract uh-huh. to bring him back. That 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 doesn't make sense to you. That no. they're in the middle of the relaunch. Not in comics. No, too expensive. Oh, my. Okay. That money aside, it's just not strategic. What, what strategic,
1: what are you talking about? How is that not strategic for Marvel to make that offer? You're going from an executive position to uh, yeah. managing a line. You're not That's even responding down.
0: to what I just asked you. How is it not strategic for Marvel to offer Jim Lee that contract? Cause it's not a, it's not a, a lateral move. It's a step
1: down from where he's at. Yeah. The stuff that he's doing now is not the same kind of work that he's going to be doing. And it's not work that he's interested in doing currently. That's why he's continuing to get promotions in the executive space. It's not executive work. You still haven't answered the question that I asked you. That's what I'm saying. That's the strategic part. The strategic part is
0: matching whether or not he's doing executive level work. That is not executive level work. That is not strategic. So it's not strategic to offer the the biggest artist possible a contract. It is not strategic to offer the biggest artist possible a contract for work that he's not
1: currently doing. When he's not
2: just an artist anymore.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's the story that Rob told. I Great believe podcast, it. I yeah. Um, I think it'll happen one day. And
2: English I hope bus. it does.
0: English I'm looking bus. forward to it. I, yeah, I
2: do think it'll happen one day too. But I think it would be a vanity project once, you know, his time at DC is gone already
0: and he's kind of just chilling. Yeah. Atomic Count says, I think there was probably something to it, but given his recent promotion, and most likely non-competes in the deal. It's a moot point. This is before the recent promotions, and he was in the middle of negotiations with DC. The space was there. I would also argue that I also don't believe
2: it because Rob Liefeld is (laughs) saying. Weaving a tail. Oh, king of it. Love that
3: guy.
0: Unblock us, please. Um Yeah. I, I I think this is just one of those this is one of those could have been um, that you know I guess we'll see. Time will tell if this will if this will materialize into something. Now Todd
1: McFarlane,
0: see they they
1: put up money for his spawn movie, they'll do whatever they want, baby. They got him by the balls.
0: Okay. So, so, so let me, let me get this straight. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: You're saying you're, this is, this is, this is bizarre. You're saying that it's not strategic for Marvel to offer Jim Lee a contract, but it is strategic to offer Todd McFarlane, who is one of the, one of the tips of the spear, one of the founders at Image, who runs an entire publishing line to leave that to go and do Spider Man at Marvel. But he's currently oh, yeah. doing—he's currently doing writing, right? He works in comics. He works in comics. Yeah, yeah. agreed. That's—that's a lateral move. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. That's not a fucking lateral move. He's an executive. How is that lateral? He's but not he's an executive
2: not. of multiple branches. He's just—he's just working. Does it in doesn't
0: comics. matter? He's an executive. That was the point. That's what you guys. No, said. that's not the point. But but he's doing interior. He's doing work. He, the dude can't even
2: get a movie made. Jim Lee is running the creative side of an entire brand of DC what comics. Does that mean? Jim Lee
0: can't get a movie made. What are you talking about? No, they're coming out with it. What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. He, he, he but what I'm saying is
2: Jim Lee is working in more than just comics right now.
0: No, he's not. What are you talking about?
2: He's, he's running the whole. Literally,
0: br- only works in comics. But
2: it's in the brand of DC Comics, not just it's the IP of of DC Comics rather than Todd is just working. I mean, I guess Spawn has some IP, oh but it's not God. DC.
1: They're, it's the exact
0: same thing. That is that
1: is crazy.
0: It's the Jim, exact same thing.
1: Jim's last book was twenty sixteen, and uh, McFarlane's last book was twenty twenty three. Like that yeah, that that just means the, the difference.
0: They they do different things in comics. That's they don't. They do different saying.
1: things. Jim Lee does not write. Right. He well, he doesn't write or uh, do art. Right. He doesn't he doesn't do the he doesn't do interiors. He doesn't do covers. He's not working in the production end of comics. He's working on uh, at a different branch of that but McFarlane is still doing the doing the dirty work there. That I see. That I understand, because he's working actively in putting out productions.
2: He's too busy uh, making uh, no female action figures.
1: Ooh. Actually, the didn't... Wonder Woman one just came out. It looks pretty good. It did, yeah. It was good. Uh, didn't Sylve get it, I think? Somebody got it recently in the
0: chat. feel like in Discord. Join the Discord. Uh... <laughs> Sean being baffled by something Marco says. Ah, yes. Happy Saturday.
1: (laughs) Bro, it's not Yeah, because there's no logic
0: to this. There's no
2: logic. No.
0: There's no logic to it. I think you're thinking too
2: small, Sean. I think you're thinking just comics.
0: No, I think you guys are thinking too small. I think you guys are completely underestimating how much a Jim Lee X-Men number one would sell. Not seven figures for one person. Tyler, I don't understand you. You don't think... That, that book would make a million dollars no
2: sorry sorry I don't think giving a a singular person a seven figure payout is worth it
0: but they're not giving they're not giving him a seven figure payout to do one one singular issue of a comic book they're giving him a, a seven figure payout to oversee a line that when he was a part of was the biggest line in comics nothing's been bigger before or since yeah and on top of that, he's going to do interiors and presumably will have some type of legacy deal on top of that. The idea that you don't think that that's worth a couple million dollars is mind-blowing to me. They had trouble giving Hickman money. And that's How what do you Man- know that? Manny says in the chat.
2: How do you didn't, know that? Didn't
0: Marvel or Hickman even say that? He Manny says, I have a hard time believing this because Marvel said they were paying Hickman too much money for what he was doing. I don't think bringing Lee back would... That's not what he said. That's, that's not what he said. If, if if Manny's referring to what I think Manny's referring to, which I could be entirely wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, you're talking about the fact that Hickman said, Marvel pays me too much money to just do the X-Men, right? Is that if, if that's correct, which I don't know that that's what Manny's saying, if that's correct, Hickman wasn't saying that Marvel's paying him too much money. He's saying they're paying him too much money to just do that. And let me tell you, Hickman is not on the same level as Lee in terms of uh, 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 box office for that specific book.
1: Yo, Comic Boom coming in hot in the chat. Jim Lee is the <laughs> laziest <most older> creator <laughs> in comics. All right, A Jim Lee X-Men would not hit a million? Not a chance? Chill,
0: buddy. Chill. A million sales? No. The comic will not sell a million copies. No But will it make no. Millions of dollars Of course it will There's no comic Selling a million copies Anymore
1: mm, Yeah All right, Fair enough
2: Even if they gave us Digital uh, numbers To add to that It's not something that <laughs> 10%
1: You're gonna add A couple Just 100k in there Not even close It's just not the way The
2: industry
0: is anymore Man not the Size The drop off Will be crazy Who cares Who cares It's not gonna be It's not gonna drop To the numbers That they're at now I'll tell you that it'll stay up there. It'll stay up yeah, there for a little bit. Yeah, of course it will. If you don't, lineup. if you don't think that, then you just you you have a completely different view of the comic book industry than I do, because there are people who I buy comics. I don't read. Okay, <laughs> most people do that. There are people that will absolutely eat up every single one of these just for the Ghibli cover alone.
1: Oh, the variants would be so nice. Damn. I'd love this, but it's a pipe dream. I don't think it happened.
0: Deus Ex says, I don't want him writing the comics if the old Wildcat stories are any indicator. uh, Yeah, we don't need him to write them. That's not what we're looking for. Marvel Marvel ain't hiring the man to write. Please. Man, <laughs> imagine,
2: imagine being the writer in a Jim Lee X-Men book, getting paid 10% when the artist is getting paid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cole says if Transformers 1 can push 100 plus K in 2023, Jim Lee, X-Men could push 2, 250. I think it's easily above that, at least for the number one.
1: Oh, I think Star it's easily Wars. above that. Star Wars did sell a lot. I do, I do remember that. I don't know, man. I, you know what? I, I, never say no.
0: Lee Let's is slower than Johns. I mean, you can't compare them. Lee doesn't do and inti- at the same time that Jim Lee did Suicide Squad, he was an executive. Talking about Jeff Johns? I assume. Who else? With Johns who? One's a writer, one's an artist. I don't got it. Cause yeah, because because Jeff Johns is known for being slow, but Jeff Johns is also always working on, you know, multiple properties.
2: I don't even know. I don't even know how the, how Jeff Johns is known for being slow. It's Doomsday Clock that is doing that to people, which had back like consistently put out Green Lantern, consistently put out Justice League, consistently put out Geiger Junkyard
0: Joe. Doomsday Clock is the outlier. Three Jokers, I believe, was also. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just time. Time management. Yeah, and he's a busy guy. Uh, Deus X with the five dollars super chat. Thank you so much. What you do is tie his creative choices to what they want him to do in movies and offer him a percentage of the movie's success. So uh, the the idea, or at least the first part of that idea that I get is, you know, whatever it is that Marvel wants the X-Men to look like in the films, having Jim Lee present to oversee getting to that place. Um, and also providing some enticing art to get people excited about the X Men again. I think that would help. The wider um, audience is not excited about the X Men right now. I don't even feel like there's that much excitement for the relaunch. Jim Lee's name would do just that. I mean, it would be nice if they actually uh,
2: announced what they're relaunching.
0: <laughs> they can't yet. It's not I know, fault. I know but at least if they want to drum
2: up excitement. That's what you do.
0: Um Star Wars number one was the last million copy seller, I believe. Anything newer than that? No, I don't think there is. Um that was over the course of years,
1: though. Like it, well, it was
0: it wasn't that initial, it wasn't that initial launch, I don't think. Star Wars number one is a weird tale. I don't have the information right in front of me, but I've read that there was some finagling about three issues that were provided or something like that um, like a stuff. million individual yeah. people did not buy star wars number one and i don't think a million copies of that sold there's something fishy about that you know who'd yeah. know
1: the, the printers that'd be an interesting deep dig
0: yeah yeah um and i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i did read that at some point mm. <laughs> uh do sex macchiato the creator of blood wolf can't lie right no, never. Uh, Rami Darwish says, I think they will utilize the Hickman era as much as possible like they did with the Avengers. Utilize it in current comics because it's it's ending. Maybe you mean like in the film space? Oh, man. I would love...
1: Uh, we've talked about that. I would love to see Krakoa just like anarchistic uh, X-Men dude. See, seeing them, the attack on Mother Mold. Oh,
2: See Nightcrawler's uh, uh, Fuck Island? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All Let's go it, Disney. Baby. Let's do it. Well, we're going to definitely talk a lot more about you know what the X-Men are going to do on film as we get closer to that reality. Ayo? Okay, yeah, Rami, Rami met in the movies. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't want to get into a whole big conversation about that. I will just say I think if they intended to do Krakoa in the movies, they wouldn't be ending the Krakoan era. Agreed. Yep. This is the biggest marker of that not happening that they could have given us, at least to me. Although I think it's ran its course. Um, I think we really are at a point where it kind of is like over. Um, But yeah. So that's the big story. Jim Lee almost, maybe, sort of came back to the X-Men according to Rob Liefeld. Uh, that's the Robservations podcast. Um, it's a good, it's a good uh, it's a good show. I liked it. Nice. I liked
2: it. A yeah, friend of the show, Rob Liefeld, yeah. Unblock um, us please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we met him. We had a good a good conversation with him. It was great. And then like three weeks later, bloop he blocked you. <laughs>
1: Chill. It was Before I was on the show, I'm not playing. I think it was we,
0: we got caught as one of those like big, it probably, yeah, in blockchain, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that's what it was. Um, and he will never see this, so he won't, uh, he won't even hear our pleas until he we're won't. on Rob'servations, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, we have a lot, a lot more show to get into. We're gonna have some fun. There's so much news to talk about. I can't believe how big of a week this was. Between like the comics that came out, which were great if you haven't heard Pal's Pulls. Um, there were some really good books. That's right. And all the news. This is a year that is starting off strong. So I'm excited to talk about a lot of what's going on. I'm also excited to talk about Patreon. Patreon.com/slash the comics pals. It's a new year. But we're still doing what we've been doing, which is providing you with awesome stuff on the Patreon side of things. If you have never been a part of our Patreon or if you have been and you bounced off, there is so, so much exclusive stuff there waiting for you to unlock. Um, you guys, of course, get to vote in the book club poll. We'll, we'll refer back to that in a moment. Um, you get exclusive newsletters over there from us. You get ex- an exclusive show. There's a whole podcast out there. That you haven't heard called palling around but also you get to join the pals verse you get a superhero nickname and a shout out if you join us at the i shall become a pal tier and uh right now i want to take this moment to say thank you to those people who have joined us a special shout out to the best pals in the universe thunderstruck rebecca alejandro the hound of justice atomic hound Starcross, Catherine stars and relentless ryan murphy And I also want to thank the Night Stalker, Harris Dajinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Marvelous Mike and Mackenzie, Marley Banastorm, Slow Flow Dameron, Amin Almighty Perez, Pete the Dreamweaver Collins, and Christian Uncaged Harriet. You guys are awesome. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Shout out to our channel members who are also phenomenal. I already see, I, we've seen green names in the chat all show, but I see the uh, the emojis. Um, early access videos you guys get, the emojis in the chat with more to come. Uh, we're going to definitely do as much as we can to incentivize the channel membership. We want that to be a destination for you all. So um, thank you to those who have joined us and thank you to anybody who was considering. I referenced the Patreon. We're going to be doing a Patreon hangout on January 28th. That is for the patrons who are at the tier where you get the hangout unlocked. You guys get to come hang out with us on a Sunday. Spend your Sunday with the pals. We shoot the breeze about comics. Last time we played a, a game that, was that everybody great. found to be pretty fun.
1: That was so good, man. People were pulling characters out yeah. of their ass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the- I won. <laughs> Tyler did right. win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go. So it, go ahead, Marco. I was just say Harris is fucking on point with that one. Yeah, Harris was. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Basically, it was a game where we went from A to Z. You had to name a Marvel character, or Avenger, rather, Avenger specifically, name yeah. an Avenger character. And if you couldn't name one, but there was a character whose name began with that letter, you got balanced out. It's good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We
2: were uh, coming up with some weird ones, like. <laughs> Wacky.
0: Yeah.
1: Wacky. Yep. Wacky. I was surprised I lasted as long as I did. <laughs> it's not the first time you said that.
0: <laughs> wow. Every time. Uh Catherine Starr says, just supporting y'all is incentive enough. Y'all stay great. Thank you. That's that's nice to hear. I appreciate that. Um I mean, can I unsubscribe and subscribe to Patreon to get another name? Infinite pals vs. glitch. <laughs> no, this is your identity. You can make another Patreon account and subscribe. (laughs) Right, if you want to go nuts. Uh, But also, our patrons voted for our very next book club. They voted for what would be the first book club of the year. And what ended up winning is the book we will be doing on January 30th, The Dark Knight Returns. Let's go. It's finally happening, huh? It's finally happening after seven long years. We will be talking about The Dark Knight Returns live on Tuesday, January 30th. Come hang out with us as I will take you through what is one of the greatest Batman stories of all time. A story that I have been personally waiting to dive deeply back into because there is so, so much under the hood of that incredible tale. I can't wait. I want you to join us. We're going to have a fun time. Not only am I going to be presenting the Dark Knight Returns book club, but we are going to be making space for you guys to talk back with us, share your thoughts about the book, your questions, getting answered live during the book club. So come hang out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go ahead, Tyler. Oh, nothing.
2: I I keep thinking that we were going to do a Dark Knight Strikes Back, and I'm like, oh, you guys never did Dark Knight returns so take it one by one dark knight strikes back is an interesting read maybe one day we'll get maybe in another seven years we'll get there yeah
0: <laughs> also i wanted to refer to the listener pick poll that is up on youtube.com slash the comics under the community tab so the options this is a great this is crazy i can't believe where the poll is at right now so we've got Titans Beast World number four, which is at 35%. Nice. Um, and and the only reason why it's not in the main show is because next week's main uh next week's Palace Pulls is crazy. Um, but the sacrificers, number six, is tied at 35%. And then Wolverine 41. Wolverine, whose 50th year is now, um, is number uh is is at 16. percent and Rebel Moon House of the Blood Axe, number one, is at 14%. Damn, no
3: Where level. are these Snyder heads
0: at? What are they doing? I don't know. Maybe we needed to, like, at, at, at Zack Snyder. Oh, or oh, risky move. <laughs> no, no, please. <laughs> no, that would just get us the votes, which I'll take. I don't care <laughs> skew about their the opinion. Skew the, skew the votes. That's a
2: good cover, though, on the, the Rebel Moon cover.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, that's Max Visagio uh, on that. Doing oh, the, oh, the
2: oh yeah. yeah. And she wrote the actual movie. She helped plot the movie. Yeah, yeah. No which she worked with Zach directly. Yeah.
1: Oh, awesome. Congrats yeah. to her.
3: Yeah.
2: If you're wondering why she hasn't been in comics lately, it's because she was in movies. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Damn, 83 votes. Yo, you guys are
0: crushing it. Can't we just see the triple digits on that? More to come. True, we, we had triple digits every week now, thankfully. Oh yeah? Um yeah. Sick. Uh Atomic Hound said I can post some pages from the gallery edition if you want to use them as thumbnails. Please do. Please do. We'll we'll see if we can integrate that somehow. Um, you would get 20,000 bots. I take bots. When it comes to numbers that don't matter like that, yeah, I'll take it. When it comes to the algo,
2: we'll take any number
0: at this point. Although I want to say, I do want to say, I appreciate, I really appreciate the amount of people that are supporting what we're doing, watching these videos, listening to us on podcast platforms. Those are real numbers that materially matter to us. Because those numbers represent individual human beings. Mm. So thank you all for that. We appreciate it. Um, but Speaking of you guys, let's give you your word. We haven't done this in a little while. It's time for some listener comments. New year. Not new people, though, because uh, <laughs> these are the same commenters that we have. These are the stalwarts. And I'm going to pass it over to Tyler now to read these off.
2: Yeah, so Dan Trudeau said, uh, people talk about how Marvel isn't doing well right now, but at the same time can list multiple Marvel series that are good reads. So the question is,
0: what exactly is Marvel doing wrong with their comics? What's missing? Thanks for the question. Um, So I I am one of the people who says that a lot, right? right? That Marvel's not doing well right now. And also I'm one of the people who could list multiple books that I love. That's not quite the problem. The problem as far as I'm concerned and why I say it is because it feels like there's generally just like nothing going on that's interesting. So you have pockets of good books, right? Yeah. Like I love Amazing Spider-Man, Hulk's been great, Ors pretty good. Um and then if I was really stretching my brain, I'm sure I could think about like two or three other things. Uh, X-Men Red just ended but that was great. Um the problem is the overall direction of Marvel feels non-existent at best. And at worst, it feels crappy. I don't care about blood hug. Avengers is a wet fart. Uh, X-Men is coming to an end, but it's not ending. Well, even though I did love the fall of the house of X book that everybody else hated. Um, it doesn't feel like the structure is strong right now. And when you look at timeless, number one that we just got, That was a mess that didn't promise anything interesting to me whatsoever. So not only am I unhappy now with the direction, I'm unhappy with the direction that they're promising for the future.
2: Hmm. I think the issue with Marvel is everything's sandboxed right now. Everyone's in their own books. Like I agree, Sean, like Doctor Strange, I can add to that. Fantastic Four, I can add to that. But when Marvel, you're so used to Marvel having so much more cohesion with their titles and their being an actual Marvel universe and a status quo for the Marvel universe, um, that when all these books are kind of off doing their own thing, it feels like the greater Marvel universe doesn't really exist. And these books don't connect. And I'm not even talking about like
0: crossovers, but it sometimes doesn't feel like they're in the same world. Yeah. A a good example, right? Tyler, you're enjoying Gang War. I am, yeah. Why?
2: Uh, Because it feels like... A standalone marvel event where all the characters are intertwining and it's like all right she-hulk showing up here it's a marvel book you know what i
0: mean right yeah right you could have easily done gang war as a spider-man book that doesn't include anybody but spider-man yeah Mm -hmm. why not spider-man there's no one we've seen in the gang war that spider-man can't beat right it's he could do it it's just more fun like this yeah and it's not hurting anything especially in the modern era the, most of the tie-ins are, like, separate books. Like, the, dead, the Daredevil tie-in is, I believe, it's Daredevil Gang War yep. 1 and whatever. Yep. You know, the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. If you really love Daredevil right now, it's not being interrupted by gang. And,
2: like, I think about, like, I really like Doctor Strange. Great book right now. I really like Gods. Great book right now. Those books feel like they're in two different worlds. <laughs> Even though not only are they <laughs> the same Marvel Universe... They're in the same corner of the Marvel universe.
0: And Doctor Strange is in God.
2: Yeah. yep. <laughs> in both. Um, so just like, it, it just feels like there's no. Oh, uh, cohesion. Cohesion. And, and I guess, I guess maybe bring the architects back to fix that, you know, uh, just maybe not all white dudes. Um, but yeah, yeah, there, there's something missing.
0: I, I will agree to that. Harris joined us on the VI Pal side of things on YouTube, the channel membership. Thank you so much, Harris, for becoming a VI Pal. I hope you enjoy your green name, your emojis, and most importantly, the early access to videos. Um, and more to come. More to come. I want to emphasize that. There's definitely more to come. Uh, Atomic Hound says The problem with Marvel is that nothing is missing, it's bloated, and depth of talent is available. Creative, creative and editorially just isn't there to support the number of titles. I completely agree with that. I think that when you look at – if you just look at the names that Marvel has access to, strong names. But you can't have Al Ewing, uh, Hickman, uh, Jed McKay, Philip Kennedy Johnson on every single book. Other people have to work. And when you get past the top, like, seven to ten names on either side of the writer or artist end of things, it starts to get a little, like, you know –
2: yeah, I think Hugh Lumbo actually has a good point here. DC is doing well with the whole. There's a bigger picture for a few years now. Um, it doesn't hurt that every main hero has a family that has something going on.
1: Uh, but but I think there's a, there's inherently less cohesion uh, compared to Marvel in that way. Like uh, it it feels like Gotham is different than Metropolis, but obviously they're in two. They they have two two different environments, but they're partake in the same world but that, that feels different than you have 15 heroes all in New York City and for some reason New York City feels different
0: in every single book yeah 15 try 1500 word
2: <laughs> all the heroes dude when we were doing our Patreon uh, uh, Avengers uh, game I was just picturing New York City in my head
0: they're um, all there yeah, pretty who's much who's flying around Hyperion
2: yeah <laughs>
1: I I kind of agreed with the means chat here. DC is doing the same thing. No way Beast World is happening at the same time as Amazon attacks, while Batman is fighting Terminator and Wally's on acid trips. To be fair though, Wally's probably experiencing all that at the same time, bro, on that <laughs> trip.
0: I I agree with that. I mean, I'm I'm personally a fan of a more structured, you know, line that makes sense, you know, A to B to Z type thing. Um, it's never been perfect. I think you could make the argument even going back to well. No, I was gonna say you could make the argument going back to Civil War, but no, every everything felt like it was in Civil War time, except the space books, which were doing their own thing entirely. But that makes sense because they're not on Earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I completely agree.
2: I always go back to Dark Reign. I think Dark Reign did it one of my favorite ways. Like everyone had their own story going on. They were doing their own things. But there was this, the consistent thing was the villains were in charge now.
0: And there was an overarching narrative.
2: Yep. And occasionally you might see, you know, Hawkeye Bullseye in one book. It'll show up
0: in another book. So there are little threads intertwining them. Dude, maybe you can vibe with me on this. I will never forget how excited I was when The List came out. Yeah. And it was like all these crazy fights. Yeah. And then when uh, I think it was in the list or maybe it was in Thunderbolts when Norman um, is like, I think there's Spider-Man is on the list. And it, Norman is just like going crazy, like finally getting the mask back or whatever, like I got to kill Spider-Man.
2: And, and I think he was like, no, Spider-Man can't be unless he's mine.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's what it was. Yep. yep. Damn, that was good. It's good. Damn. stuff, man. Ah, love comics so much. Thanks for the question, Dan. Uh, so Tom account said, uh,
2: how are we feeling about DC reducing the paper thickness for their A covers, but also including the A covers under the cardstock variant? I personally love it, but it does encourage people to spend a little more on a comic. And when you say uh, A covers under the cardstock variant, I believe it's like you have the cardstock variant, and when you flip that cover, the actual book is underneath it. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Cool. Good. I I, it's um, worth some extra money, though.
2: I have no horse in this race because di- I, I, I'm i digital. At this point, yeah. Um, so that doesn't really matter to me, um, but I think more, more of my issue is like the way this forces certain comic shops to adjust their buying practices to accommodate, you know, these other variants and stuff.
0: So what what I what I observed that Atomic Hound is talking about is that when I went to Midtown this week, there were A covers and then there were um, thicker versions of that with the cover underneath the cardstock cover. So it's like cover, cardstock cover, right? Flip the page, cover, flip the page, comic book. Like Mm. interior book.
2: And the A cover is essentially the same paper as the interiors.
0: Yes. (laughs) Me, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like the fact that they reduced the thickness. I think it makes it feel a little bit flimsier and cheaper. I think DC has been going cheap with their, even some of their interior page, um, page stock has been not great. I've been complaining about that for years on here. So I'm not happy. I haven't been happy with DC's tactics in a while.
2: Sean, they're the ones like currently
0: where you can see fingerprints on them all all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 unhappy with it. To answer your question, I'm glad you like it though.
3: Uh,
0: oh, Aaron Ruiz, Ruiz uh,
2: said, uh, "Let Mark will was... get it." Oh, okay.
0: Uh, I was
1: curious, Aaron Ruiz. Uh, I was curious because of the Pine and Merrimack review. Have you guys had a hard pass on a number one? Not even a poll, but let's wait for issue number two. Um, I can't think of one recently, <laughs> but I'm sure that we have. And in those moments. I feel like we'll, we'll offer our perspective on it, but that doesn't mean that it should dissuade you from picking the book up. Our opinions are our opinions and we'll critique it as we will. But if you like it, we'd love to have the conversation. So Aaron Rees, if, if, if there was a book that we picked on and you're like, the pals are fucking off on this one, let us know, man. Maybe, maybe we turn around.
2: My thing is, I can't think of one. Probably because I didn't like it and I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I guarantee you it's happened. It maybe not sure. all four of us saying that at one time, but I guarantee you each one of us has had a number one where we were like, nah, that wasn't
0: that wasn't it. Yeah. So the example that I used in reference to this to respond to Ruiz is a book that I mean, I don't know if you guys remember it, but it was called Click Click Boom. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it was a number one that we tried on Palace polls And Tyler, Marco, and Kale um did not did not like it. And they felt like it didn't do enough as an issue one. Took to them and they had some problems with the actual like storytelling and things like that. And for them, if I remember correctly, it was nah, this didn't work, hard pass. Whereas I was like, I would give this a chance. And I think with Pine and Merrimack, we saw a similar thing where I said this isn't for me. Marco's kind of more like, "Oh, I, I could, I could give this a try." It was almost his pick of the week. Yeah, I could vibe with it. I, 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 it needs it, it needs work
1: to do to get me back. But inherently, it wasn't bad. And I can tell yeah. you, I did not read issue two of Click, Click, Boom. So, yeah. Same. Well, I'll tell you, neither did I. Yeah. And it was interesting. Like there was concept there, but execution it comes down a lot of time to execution if you have a good concept but you're not expressing it or explaining what you want well you can have the best concept in the world but i'm not getting it it's not connecting it's not landing
0: yeah hey we're two likes away from our goal we've got more show to go before it matters but let's let's clear let's clear that let's go even higher than twenty five. I think we can do even better. That's the goal. But I'm challenging you all to do even better. And by the way, also if you're watching us live and you have the ability to open another tab and vote in the listener pick poll, you need to go do that. Yo,
1: um, Uncaged. I read all five Click Click Boom and I loved it. First indie book I read. Hey man, huh? that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: I
2: actually, I actually saw Click Click Boom on a couple of best of lists this yeah. year. So like it made it. Might have just needed to
1: cook. Who knows? But yeah. And that's th- awesome. I'm glad to
0: hear that. I liked
1: it. Maybe I'll revisit it. Uh, give, give those two likes to for Spider-Man, the biggest Swamp Thing fan in the world. Oh, he looks bloated. He's got the gout. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he does look bloated. What the hell happened there? <laughs> Eating good. Let's shift into the movie side of things. Let's give the movies their due. We're in a new year. Um, but Marvel... Is still in trouble <laughs> like Marvel Studios just just it's just like the hits keep on coming because now Stephen young who was rumored heavily speculated to be playing the century in the upcoming Marvel film Thunderbolts has dropped out of the project he left the project it was a scheduling
2: issue right like wasn't he do- doing another movie or something like that so he
0: So he left the project citing schedule issues. Uh, He gave comments to Variety, where he said the following, quote, I think for me, time passing and things shifting kind of pulled me out of it. But Jake Schreier, who is the director, I know is going to do an incredible job. Mm. He said... Uh, I want to do a Marvel movie. It took a lot of drafts of email to make sure that I conveyed the sincerity of how sorry I was to have to back out. I probably pissed off too many people leaving, so I'm just going to say thank you for having me. I have some ideas, but I heard if you put it out there, you'll never get it, so I'll keep it close to my chest.
1: Ooh, uh, okay, uh, so he... Tyler, Excellent work on that graphic.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, so he thinks he burned some bridges. <laughs> Um, it's fine. I mean, I, I still don't know what they're doing for Sentry. I think, I think the same guy who, uh, who leaked this or, or broke this news, um, also said, like, the Sentry costume is one of the best MCU costumes we've seen. He's seen pictures behind the scenes or something. Um, I don't know. Get a, get a cool blonde dude for it. No, no, never mind. Uh, I just, I, I really like Sentry and I really want him to be done fun in a, in a good way. So, uh, I have a horse in
0: this race for sure, so. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I, uh, look. Look. Gotta be honest. I was never over the moon about the casting. Alright? I wasn't. Steven Young. I like him. I think he's talented. I enjoy what he does. I personally want something a little more traditional because of the fact that I love the century so much. And I just want to see what was on the page. So we'll see where they go with the casting. I think Steven probably would have done a great job.
2: I I am a little annoyed that I didn't get to see Steven Yoon with long blonde hair. Yo. Who knows
0: if they even would have gone down that road.
1: Fair, but would have been interesting. Get the, get the little whip going. Dude, yeah. Super Saiyan. I'm with it. You know, I Amin mean, says so sentry out, Hyperion in. Mm-hmm. I think we'll Hyperion is
2: down the line, yeah. But we're getting sentry, sure, for yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think we get a squadron supreme something or other years from now,
0: man. I think they screwed up by well, it's not too late, but um, like you know, the incursions, um, sure, yeah. I feel like since they can't do... they pro- I mean, they probably can't do the DC analog characters that Hickman did mm, in, true, during true. the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Squadron Supreme of an alternate version of them or something of that nature would have been a great pairing with an Avengers team, like an Illuminati-style thing. Yeah.
2: But- do, his, do a Zack Snyder Squadron Supreme movie first and then...
0: <laughs> Get out of here, dude. I would love that. I would too, actually.
2: Oh man. It's so meta. It would be so much fun.
3: Mm.
0: I would love that. Uh <laughs> wow. Tom <laughs> oh, McAllen in the chat just going wild. Um, I'm not a casting guy, right? Like I don't love doing the whole, oh, who should play this character thing? So I'm gonna not partake. But is there someone who you think that uh should play this entry? They're good, they'll do it.
2: Um I don't know. I don't know why the name uh uh, uh Jacob Alordi pops out to me. But he was in Saltburn. He was uh in in uh uh um that Elvis movie. What was the What's uh, uh, oh. Priscilla? He was in Priscilla Euphoria. Oh, I have him up. Yeah. Keanu Reeves.
0: Henry Cavill henry cavill i think that's a that's a, a good i mean it's an obvious good yeah, option yeah, yeah. that's a basic fan cast yeah yeah i i'm not good at this i i suck at casting so i'm not gonna try i don't watch enough movies to know who the young up-and-coming actors are who does reach alan alan rich richard who's that uh
1: comic boom in the chat says the guy that from big Reacher.
2: swole dude right
1: Looks like it, yeah. Alan Richard. Can see it. Oh shit.
0: Uh can he act? Word. That's what matters. I remember when people wanted Brock Lesnar to play Venom in Spider-Man 3. That was crazy. <laughs> Dude, I was I was like fifteen years old and I I was never a commenter, but I'd be on like superherohype.com, dot com, right? And I'm in the I'm in the forums and every post is like, yeah, Eddie, Eddie Brock. Brock Lesnar, it's perfect. They have the same first name, last name, the same. Brock Lesnar is a bodybuilder. He looks like uh, Eddie Brock. Done deal, done deal. Have you did, did you watch the WWE during his run between two thousand three and four? My man couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. I
2: don't know. He, he I saw Monster in the Bank, or, or uh, what? What did he What did he call it? That was that was that was Strowman. What was uh, Money in the Bank? Boombox Brock. He was kind of fun. Boombox Brock.
0: That was fun. I mean, he got better later. Sure, but sure. But this, sure. yeah. this is 2000s Brock. He needed a couple of UFC punches to the head to unlock that acting gene. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he got his brain scrambled all yeah, of a yeah, sudden. He gets, uh, he gets a, master... a cauliflower
2: ear and an uh, Oscar nom. Master <laughs> performer.
0: He was an Aquaman. Oh, he was Aquaman from Smallville. Wow, I remember that. Yeah, cool. Wait, wasn't that? I thought that was like... What was that guy's name? Josh? Not Josh Hartnett. No. No. Josh. There Hartnett. was some. <sighs> that's a that's a blind spot for me. I can't help it. You never watched Smallville? Okay, I'm no, in the wrong yeah. crowd. All right, fair enough. Um, he's Hawk and the Titans. Yes, team. that's okay, where I yeah. recognize him from. Yep. All right, I did watch a little bit of that. I did like that. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, this is unfortunate because I started to get a little bit excited after I heard that Robert Kirkman. You know, had had heard about it or whatever, and how great the costume allegedly looked, and everything else. So I'm I'm a little bummed. I see Steven Young doing something in the MCU. I want to say, uh, oh no, they can't. No, they can. What the fuck, Mister Negative? Yes, absolutely.
1: Ooh, uh, thank you for the two dollar chat, uh, Dos Equis Macchiato. Allen was great Hawk in the CW Titans. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: I'd argue he was a better Hawk in the Titans show than he is in the comics.
0: Damn. All right. Justin Hartley. That's who I'm thinking about. He didn't play Aquaman. Why am I, why am I thinking he played Aquaman? That's so crazy. Huh? And I know Harris would know because we were both watching Smallville together at that, at that exact time. So, uh, Deus X, by the way, thank you for these Super Chats. You're amazing. And anyone who feels like Super Chatting, they're open. So um, we appreciate whoever chooses to do that. Yeah, I think we can uh, we can afford a, a macchiato for all three of us at this point. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't Sean, drink I, that. I just Googled it. He was in the 2006 Aquaman TV show. Oh. He was the lead for that. Not in Smallville, but he was the, the lead in the 2006 one.
0: Which never came out, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it flopped.
1: Just, just the pilot. Huh?
0: Oh, huh? that's yeah. It was, man. it was just Justin Hartley.
1: Yeah, the that movie
2: that that show was
0: washed. Huh? Wow. Huh? <laughs> he played Green Arrow. Okay, thank you. Yes. Uh... Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Let's keep talking about the movies. But of course, you know, if you're talking about Marvel right now, they just lost Stephen Young, which sucks for them. And then another hit. Well, I guess this isn't a hit. Well, no, Hickman or Hickman majors jonathan majors being fired which i saw people saying it's not official it definitely is he's definitely fired there's no doubt about it marvel has confirmed it kevin feige hasn't personally said it marvel hasn't put out a press release saying it but all the trades have been informed that it is official so for those of you who don't know jonathan majors was fired from the role and is now because he was found guilty of you know some degree of assault and battery. um, And I believe harassment was also on that list. Uh, He's been fired. The question has been, what will they do? Will they replace Majors or will they move away from Kang altogether? Rumors circulating suggest a replacement. Mm. Now, this is not confirmed by any means. So do not take this as gospel just because I am saying it. But the rumor mill is suggesting that uh, his name is Coleman Domingo. Yeah, Also on
2: Euphoria, I believe.
0: You got a one uh, Euphoria on a
2: Golden Globe for that or something like that or
0: an Emmy? Won an Emmy. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: In the color purple. Yes. Also in the uh, fear of the walking dead. Oh, That's a great show, by the way. That was a really good spinoff. Was it? Yeah, I liked it a lot.
2: I mean, Majors is out. He's gone. Like, like that's for sure. Especially after you get cooked by Cat Williams as bad as he did. Like, oh, <laughs> like, you can't come back from that. Uh, so uh, replacing him with somebody who is unproblematic and a good actor, sure. Sure.
1: Yeah, I'm not familiar with these guys' work, so. Bring back Killmonger, man. Make him one of the variants, and he just tears up. It'll be in Secret Wars. We'll see him as a cameo,
0: I bet. You want Killmonger to be revealed as a variant of Kang? That'd be sick, dude. Yo, you got p brain, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, what? That's
2: a wild idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> think about it. but But, but think about it. Open your third eye. <laughs> the problem is that I had to think about it for one second because you said it and it yeah. fucked me up.
2: I just <laughs> think it's. I think it's kind of rude that Marco needs to lump in and make all the same black actors the same
1: character. I agree. I just like the guy, man. That's it. That's all it is.
0: I like to right, right, right. like what. He so, did. so, 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 uh Marco, who do you want to play Bishop? Bishop. Uh, yeah, Col- Coleman Domingo. Oh. Okay. All right. Same. You want to see and, it? And Marco. Yeah. Um, um, who should play Storm? Oh, uh, what's this guy's name? Coleman Domingo? I thought it was we were Bishop Filipino.
2: what? Isn't Bishop Filipino like canonically? Oh, I don't know.
0: Bishop's lineage is just one it's, of it's those a, things. Yes,
1: it's a whole episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, oh no, Zendaya's already doing the thing. Jeffrey Wright as Kang. Suggests our newest channel member, Vi Pal Harris. He's the um, watcher. I don't know. I don't. I don't see that.
2: That'd be an interesting bit because he is the watcher. And what if? So, that'd be an interesting swerve if the watcher is a variant of
0: Kang. Ooh. I mean, he certainly could have played a Mortis. Sure. But Kang Kang has to be somebody that can do physical things. I think. Um. Let's have Garfield substitute for Tigra. That's a Marco casting idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You ever see those Garfield comics that don't have Garfield in them, and it's just
2: John talking to himself? It's, like the, it's uh, like the comic strips, and they just Photoshop Garfield out.
0: It's depressing as
1: hell. Oh, I thought you meant like for real, for real. No.
0: But that'd be kind of cool. Uh, Yes, Jonathan Majors is doing an interview with Good Morning America. Dude. I will be there. I am very excited to watch it. I mean, um, Did you see the trailer? Yeah. No, but
2: I didn't watch trailer? the trailer, dude. There's a trailer for Monday. It came out yesterday. It is the most overly dramatic thing ever. Like the Gypsy, the, the, the Gypsy Rose trailer wasn't even as dramatic as this one it was. He like starts crying and he's wiping away his tears all dramatically, and then he breaks he's up so a high school funny. fight in the background.
0: No, that's the that, see that's the issue I have with this guy. Well, on top he's of corny. the fact that. Right, like everything that he has done, dude. Oh, my God. I was watching the news. Oh, fuck. Okay, I was watching the news, right? TMZ, in fact. And Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. hold on. You can't say I was watching
2: voice. the news and then say it was TMZ.
0: <laughs> TMZ is news, didn't you hear? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And on it, they were showing coverage of the Jonathan Majors trial. Jonathan Majors pulled up to the courtroom with a bible and Megan Good in tow. Now, a lot of you might not know who Megan Good is. Let me tell you who Megan Good is. <laughs> Megan Good Megan Good is like Christ in the black community as a woman. There are there are some women in 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 the black community who are exalted, okay? Megan Good is one of them. Angela Bassett is another. Oh. They're exalted. So What I'm saying is that Jonathan Majors got with Megan Good for the sole purpose of taking her to court because he knows that if Black America sees Megan Good, they're going to say, oh, he can't be guilty. He got Megan Good. And a Bible. Meanwhile, we all know that the person he's accused of assaulting is a white woman, which Black America doesn't like as much.
2: (laughs) Oh, trust me. I've seen the Dr. Umar videos
0: on it. Yeah, so... I think everything that man does is strategic. For what it's worth, do I think he abused this woman? I don't know. I'm not... I am not i wasn't there. The evidence didn't feel that strong based on the court case itself, but do I believe that he has abused women in his life? Yes, I do. Mm. Those text yes, messages I,
2: alone were like, oh, that's classic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do I believe that he abused her at some point? Yes, I do. That is my stance. Uh, but this wasn't meant to be a whole rant on on majors himself. I am happy that this rumor exists. I hope it's true because whether it's Coleman Domingo or someone else, Kang should not be erased for the sins of Jonathan Majors. I think that is a BS choice for Marvel to make and I really hope they don't make. It.
2: I hope Ant-Man makes a quick joke about it. Oh, you look different. You know, just just acknowledge it briefly and have a comedy character do it.
1: Oh, comedy character, comedy actor Kevin Hart. It's right there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean. Sean, Sean, Sean. Think about it. I know you can see me. I know you can't hear me, but you can see. Think about it. Just think about it.
0: I can't say what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> we need a good laugh. Oh, my God. I can't. I
2: can't. Let's get Ricky Smiley as Kang.
0: A. Uh- Oh. <laughs> I felt that dude Atomic Hound says Interesting that Major's interview is on ABC Owned by Disney which fired him Yeah you know I think it's the biggest interview Right now that you could get um, and, From a you know an entertainment person And I think that You know they're the highest bidders I don't think that there is a correlation there I think it's just happenstance Because Disney owns everything Oh
2: boy. Yeah, wow. Sean Sean Cat Williams said Megan Good cut uh Majors' uh, uh
0: time in half. <laughs> oh, I don't think that they will still be together in six months. What what once Majors is sentenced, and I don't I don't know, I don't think he's gonna do time for this. No. Um but whenever that's all like done, I don't see them being together anymore. It's a ploy. Uh <sighs> Roboters 100 says, in what world does both Majors and Ezra share a jail cell and not guest spots on Good Morning America? Uh, not in the current world. Not when you have money. Yeah, Ezra's Roman free. Ezra Miller's the biggest terrorist on Earth, <laughs> and this individual was going globally terrorizing people, and Ezra Miller got a, you know, a big-budget tentpole DC movie out and scot-free from any prison time. So... You know, whenever someone talks about the differences between the way that white people and black people are treated in the in the justice system, let's think about that. I know there are differences in what you know. Ezra's Ezra's film was already done and everything else, but let's let's be real. Yeah,
2: the scourge of karaoke is still doing karaoke in Cape May. So,
0: <laughs> all right, let's 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 get out of this. Let's leave the realm of film. Uh, Marvel just can't stop taking L's. Hopefully, that changes. The Justice League has been absent from DC's comic books. Uh, Amin Perez says, I could think about bigger terrorists. I, I was, you know. Hyperbolic. Having a little fun. I know there are bigger terrorists. I don't, I don't know any of the names right now, but I'm sure there are. So um, do you condemn? No,
2: okay, never mind. I'm not going <laughs> to.
0: So the Justice League has been absent from DC's comic book line for some time. Uh, we, we we lost them in Justice League number 75, which was so sad because we never knew if we would get them back. That was in 2022. Uh, all the characters are back. They were back that same year. But there's no Justice League. So what's the plan? What is D.C. going to do about the league? Are they bringing them back? Of course, we've been saying since day one they will bring them back. There's no doubt about that. But when? When will we get the league? So Rich Johnson over at Bleeding Cool suggests that initially one of the plans to tide over not having a Justice League was to bring back the Justice Society of America, which, of course, has been teased out uh, from what Jeff Johns has been doing. With his whole golden age uh, line of books, um, but because Jeff Johns went to Ghost Machine and formed that whole thing and is exclusive now, um, that changed. So what uh, what Johnson is suggesting is that instead of bringing back the Justice League to go toe to toe with Amanda Waller, they're going to bring the Justice Gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> That's going to be
2: their their first enemy is tentacle gang. Yeah. Imagine that.
0: This is so the Justice Gang uh is reminiscent of the the Injustice Gang, which is a villain group. This we don't know what this could be. Who who the hell knows? I would imagine though if they're calling a Justice Gang, that it's probably a group of characters that would not traditionally be on the justice league, maybe characters who are more roguish and by rogue, I don't mean bad. I mean like, you know, middle, middle of the road, characters with a bit more of an edge to them type thing. Like a captain
2: cold. Uh, I think, I think the bleeding cold mentions guy Gardner as a possibility. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. A little unhinged.
0: I, 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 First question, how do you guys feel about the idea on its face of the Justice Gang being the play?
2: I mean, I like the idea of a street-level uh, Justice League. I know I, that. I don't know when I've read that. Um, I know if yeah. it's existed. I mean, like Justice League Detroit is something similar. Um, but I never read it, um, at least since I've been reading comics as it's been coming out, you know, monthly. Um I can't think of one, and I'd, I'd be excited to see this. That that sounds like something right down my my alley. Yo, that's where they're gonna meet you, bro. Careful. That's true. Fast yeah. <laughs> and I hope it's full of like C and B list characters too.
1: Mm. I, I think I think yeah, that's a that's a good venture for uh what would be like maybe not top tier so Justice Society or Justice League people. It's like maybe they're on the come up. Um, I I was thinking like young, like a young team. I know we have a Titans, but um, maybe this is uh, like a set of just young individuals who are going to be stopping crime and shit. And they're a little unruly and they're not tamed and they're, um, they're, they're fucking shit up in the process trying
0: to save people they're making mistakes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that the Titans are supposed to be the premier team. And so introducing a league, Justice League, is obviously going to over, supersede that. Um, and then the Titans get regulated to, relegated to being, you know, whatever they've been before.
1: Stopping forest fires.
0: <laughs> to me, they are already only what they've been before. And I think that this experiment has been a bust. And I think it's time to go back to the league. Now, granted, we've only had a few issues of Titans. It's not like it's been some long run. But I think that the absence of the Justice League can be felt. And I also think that it doesn't make any sense that all the characters are still on the board. They're just not teaming up. They're not going to the clubhouse anymore. It's ridiculous. If there is a Justice gang before there is a Justice League, after what is happening in Beast World and what the rumors are, which I don't want to say, About what's gonna happen, then DC's out of their minds.
2: What do you think the initiation is like for the Justice Gang? How do you get clapped
1: in? You get beat into it. Word. Mm. (laughs) Got to go toe to toe with Lobo.
0: (laughs) Got to ask you. Ask you. Oh no! Damn. Wait, that's cool. Lobo. Lobo being like the head. Well, you had to die. You had to fight Apocalypse and lose to get into the freaking. You know, to be resurrected on Krakoa. It don't remind so, me, that
1: was so cool. The Crucible? Trial by Fire. Oh, that was so cool, man. Damn, I missed that era, dude. Damn.
0: That was like three years
1: ago. <laughs> so so, so comic, now, Booms, baby.
2: comic Boom says the Guy Gardner League will not be taken seriously. And I think that is a good narrative thing and interests me. Because Guy Gardner mm. is a scrappy piece of shit. <laughs> uh, and him trying to lead something. And I, this, this reeks more like JLI to me.
1: Okay, that Justice okay.
0: League,
1: yeah, I can see that.
0: If they would have done this right after Dark Crisis or somewhereabouts, down, I'm down. Yeah. But that I makes, think it's too
1: late. That makes narrative sense, right? It's like we got to scrounge up a team, we got to figure it out. There has to be it, it, this has to mean something. We'll get the roughness, toughness group
0: of whoever's and fuck shit up. It's just so frustrating because like, what's gonna happen in Beast World is insane. And it necessitates a league and they still won't get together. I don't even know what the rumor is, so. Yeah, I don't want to say it on here, but if you want to look it up, it's I mean, just I, I don't know. DC's gotta bring the Justice League back. I, I I just I can't I can't be swayed otherwise at this point because this has been such a bust. And we just talked about how it feels like, you know, they're sort of spinning their wheels and you know, we don't really know where it's going. And I feel like the Justice League being the book that's telling us where it's going mm. makes a lot of sense. But quite frankly, Amanda Waller's not a Justice League level threat.
1: <laughs> She's a Justice Gang level threat.
2: <laughs> I agree, actually, yeah. Like Justice Gang sounds like somebody who had trouble with the suicide squad, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Damn, Animal wait, slay. all right, I like this. Lobo, Guy Gardner, I s uh, so, uh Robot Animal Man. through I ah, know, but see, Animal Man doesn't feel like gritty. Enough, I guess. He, he's, he's, he's a nice guy, I feel like.
2: Did you read the Jeff Lear run? That shit was gritty as hell.
1: It, it was dark, but. I
0: don't uh, think Animal Man fits this. He yeah, was in I, JLI
1: at one point.
2: This isn't JLI. This is just I know, his but game. this is the vibe. It's oh, Speaking of vibe. Vibe. Yeah.
1: Huh? I'm cool with vibe. That's three. Killer Frost. Oh. That's a good one, yeah. Do you think Static could lead this? No. Nah, they don't care about Static. Damn, they don't. <laughs>
0: For sure. I think it'd be a good
1: choice. I'm cool with that. Wait, let, let's. Let, I'm having this to, is a draft
2: uh, that you're you're blowing
0: your load on too soon, Marco. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So sorry. There, there's, there's not going to be a draft. So go ahead. This is fun.
1: Uh, um, Roboter said ambush bug. That's a wild throw, and I see that. He's out of pocket. Um,
2: put put uh put Connor Ken on here. Give him mm-hmm. give him something to do.
0: Okay, oh, that yeah. sort of that sort of adds up. Um, I guess Red Hood is sidelined right now because of what Batman. Batman yeah, he's wrestling
2: him. New Japan currently.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Amin says uh, Midnight and Apollo. Mm. I guess he's in I think they're vibes. too.
2: They're too strong for that. For what I think this team is. What do they even do in current
1: comics? Nothing.
2: They were a part of Superman's authority. Oh,
1: that's well, right. yeah. Colson's Plastic ago. Man, that's pretty good. That,
0: that could be fun. Could Black happen. Adam would definitely fit. Mm. He yeah, might be level? a little too overpowered though. There have to be people that are powerful. Heavy hitters? This, this you you got to like if this is a spin-off of Beast World, mm. then true he's in it. It yeah. wouldn't make any sense that the team would be small small potatoes. Sure. They're going after him. Amanda Waller.
1: Dan, I like Wildcat. I love Wildcat, but I think he get clowned out. Oh
2: damn! Oh, Wildcat. Robot saying Ghostmaker. That's one of my favorite new DC characters. I love Ghostmaker. That'll fit the Batman role pretty well.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, what, what
2: book was that? That was um. It was Tinian's run. Oh, okay. uh, he was a uh, Batman's friend. They trained together. White suit. I think, I'm thinking of uh, the Young Animal book. You're thinking of Mother Panic.
1: Yes, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of.
0: Okay. Which? How about Black Adam's brother-in-law Osiris? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how obscure are we gonna get? You know, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get like brother-in-laws, cousins. Like it just gets too crazy at DC Comics. Family, it just because family. Yeah. <laughs> Those are hermanos, bro. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I have a Martian manhunter's mother-in-law on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely though, like Superman's fam, like you want to talk about a justice gang? Superman's family. <laughs> you don't true. need all this extra shit. You don't even need a Justice League. You need Superman family. They do
2: jump oh. people, don't they? Like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> it's never one on one with those those guys anymore.
1: No.
0: The house of taken Ls. <laughs> <laughs> Batman Incorporated, yes, was where Ghostmaker was last at. Mm, yes, the yes. Atomic yes. Yeah, I remember that. Well, be on the lookout for the Justice Gang. This may not happen. This is only rumor and innuendo coming from Rich Johnson, who, of course, has many, many connections. But, you know, people have been wrong before. Uh, I tend to believe what Rich says, um, and so I do buy this. I think DC is hesitant to bring the league back, and I think that's foolish. I think they really, really should. We'll see. Needed. The last news item today takes us full circle because it brings us right back to Gail Simone. Now, for those of you who don't follow Gail Simone on Twitter, Twitter X, uh, you're making a mistake because Gail's a great follow. And uh, in between, you know, making jokes that upset people, um, you know, and feigning ignorance about things, every now and then Gail will drop a gem a story that is highly interesting, that tells us something that we didn't know about one of her many, many cool experiences working in comics. This week, she shared one such story. So she talked about how she had an opportunity at some point to choose from a list of... There's no... No number associated, but a ton of things, a ton of properties that are actually owned by Warner Brothers. So this is what she said. Quote, one time at San Diego Comic-Con, Dan DiDio invited me to lunch at a beautiful seafood restaurant on the bay. He had been given a list of properties that WB owned, many of which DC would have had the ability to adapt to comics. It was stunning. I had no idea. I don't think Dan knew either. He said that this list could do something for DC that hadn't been the case in a long time. It could open up a lot, a ton of genres with already popular IP. Many were very dormant concepts, but many still had active franchises, and some were huge. And we could use them. Pause. One of the primary complaints that a lot of people have made, especially older audiences, and Dan DiDio himself has made, about DC and comics in general, has been the dissipation, the the disappearance of genre books. We used to have war comics, we used to have kung fu comics, they were all over the map, and DC's publishing line was full of both, and horror, and mystery, and romance, and all that's been pretty much gone in favor of superhero comics. So this was an opportunity to change that and bring into the fold some new franchises. And Marco, I'm going to talk as long as possible to get you to unfreeze. And I can do it. So we saw the fruits of some of this labor. We saw the result of some of the things that were on this list. Remember the Hanna-Barbera stuff that we got? That is the result of this list. We got Snagglepuss, we got Scooby-Doo, we got Flintstones, there was some Space Ghost stuff. We got uh, um, Mad Max
2: Wacky Racers.
0: There was that. There was a fucking Django Unchained um, comic book version. With a Frank Whiteley cover from what I remember? Yeah. Or it might have been Chris Burnham. Whoever it was. Not something that I'm I'm looking for at all, but it's something that happened. Um, And so this was the one that Gail Simone wanted to do. So she goes on. Uh, So there are a lot of things people know like Mortal Kombat and the various Bugs Bunny type things, but the list just went on and on. Things like Three Stooges and a ton of toy lines and action movie franchises. It was an incredible list. Marco, I see that you have unpaused. You, you Gail Simone went on. Oh, I see. Well, I was reading her quote from before, and you paused. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh. so she went on to say, and I chose Mortal Kombat. The idea would be to bring the characters and mythology to the DCU, like the Charlton characters had many years previously. My thinking was, first, MK has a massive fan base, and they are dead serious about the characters. But also, I thought it it would do great things for both franchises. There had already been interaction in the Mortal Kombat and Injustice games, but Mortal Kombat's lore is a bit confusing, and they don't have a clear timeline, or didn't at the time. A regular comic could cement the lore. But also... They would bring two types of characters to the DC to the book that DC always felt a little bit behind Marvel on martial artists and gods. DC's martial arts lore seemed less fully realized than Marvel's to me. There are exceptions, but it was just a spot that could be bigger. So she's establishing that bringing Mortal Kombat into DC proper, which is was the concept here, would allow them to shore up their martial arts game and give us martial arts comic books. And give us gods. Because outside of the new gods, which are like, you know, gods-ish, DC doesn't really have, like, gods that much. Huh. I mean,
2: could DC have Raiden in, in the books? You know, a lightning-based character that isn't black?
0: <laughs> well, she used him, actually, as an example of what they could do. So... Uh, she talked about how Marvel's got, you know, great gods and the stuff that they've done. Um, but she says, and finally, the idea of an annual fighting tournament for the various realms could lead, could be a massive boost to DCU's coolness factor. Black Canary fighting Sonya Blade, Superman versus Raiden, Plastic Man versus Scorpion. The matches would have been huge.
2: Wait, what was the last one? Plastic Man versus Scorpion? <laughs> yeah, that's so random. <laughs> he just yeah. does get over here and it just stretches him out instead.
1: Yeah, that's so good.
0: I felt, quote, I felt it would have been a real addition to the DCU and also a chance for Mortal Kombat to tell big lore stories. We were going to have three ongoing books. I've talked about this before. The sad end is I worked on it for a year, and it fell through for simple corporate stuff. But it still kills me to think about that list. If it had worked, if DC had even a few hit books featuring WB properties, it could have added entirely new readerships, people who love monsters or action movies, or all the other genres they had access to, potentially.
1: I loved the the He-Man stuff. Um, and I'll tell you this. The only reason I picked that up was because Swamp Thing appeared in that crossover. And then from that point on, I picked up maybe three He-Man related titles. Like it was an entryway in because at that point I'm forgetting who the writer was, but it was just good storytelling, good adventures. And I'm like, damn, I remember the cartoons. like. And I was never super involved with them or, or super just like, you know, I have to tune in, but I had to catch one or f- uh, one or two episodes when it was on, and to see them come to life in this way, uh, I thought was a great just utilization of those characters. And you guys mentioned earlier the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Well, I guess that's certainly still Hanna-Barbera, but uh, you mentioned like the, the more classic cartoon characters. It just makes sense. I Scooby-Doo, uh, the apocalypse story, loved it. Like. All of that stuff was just great, great storytelling. And I think Gail Simone's right. If you want to introduce these characters, the familiarity is easy to get into, and you have people who can execute well, easy
0: money. It's a shame. I'm very sad that we didn't end up getting this. This is something that she's talked about a little bit before. I I knew the, the Mortal Kombat piece of this, but it's sad because... Mortal Kombat actually is really, really cool. I don't know if either of you have familiarity or chat if you guys do, but I'm a big fan. And what it hasn't really had is great storytelling. Mm. It suffers from the fact that it's a video game. Fighting game stories are hard to tell because there's no telling what character you chose to play as and all that kind of stuff. You have to service all these characters and Mortal Kombat has so, so many. The storytelling got better over the years because they decided to go with um, a story mode that lets that makes you play as various characters. And so the story is like about them all. But they, it just hasn't been amazing. I think Gail Simone, someone who clearly has some passion for Mortal Kombat, deciding to take that lore and comic book it you know really sit down create a bible create a timeline which they recently did with the with the most recent game Mortal Kombat 1 and figure out a way to integrate that into DC and not in a way where it's like you know sub zero and superman are constantly at odds or teaming up batman versus scorpion not like that but you know what she laid out an annual tournament where you can do these kinds of matchups And fun interactions. You know, maybe Shang Tsung becomes um, one of the big bads at DC for an event or Shao Kahn or somebody like that. The DC heroes have to go to Outworld to stop Shao Kahn. That's it. League
2: of of Shadows with that, too. Oh, my God, dude. Batman would have fun with those characters like Batman. I mean, Batman, most malleable character in comics. Um, That could be cool. Yeah, I'm not even a big Mortal Kombat dude. Oh, that new movie was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I I like the first movie. I'll watch the first movie any day. Honestly, yeah. The uh, remember the
1: when that Damien arc started and he had the tournament? Yeah. Yes, yes. Perfect, dude. That would have been that he he could have just been transported there. He's building up his characters through
0: that universe. Like perfect. Yeah. I I think that I think the the possibilities are endless. And I think we saw how DC's creative teams could work with outside IP during the Hanna-Barbera phase. All the, th- I didn't read everything. All the things I read were great. The, the Elmer great, Fudd yeah. oh. special with the, the Tom King Batman Elmer Fudd thing. You guys don't remember, you don't remember that?
2: Yeah, that's when yeah, they yeah. did a couple of crossovers like that. They did like a Jabberjaw Aquaman one too.
0: Nope.
1: Yeah. The one that one went in Eisner, the I, Elmer Fudd one, I think.
2: It might have actually best single issue possibly. Yeah.
0: So. yeah. Yeah. Stones was obviously phenomenal. Yep. Check out the book club. We could have gotten so much more. It's a Scooby- shame how yeah. little of what could have been we actually got.
1: My my biggest gripe was, again, in that Scooby Doo world. I love Scooby Doo. And to get more like adult-oriented yeah. murder mystery story, that's that's in genre, that's in genre, and you're getting a different version. You have the, you know, the classic kitty, uh, Scooby-Doo with Bat your Batman crossovers. That's from the cartoons. That's, OG sixties man. And to see them grow up affected me uh, a lot because it's like, wow, this is this is a different take. It's it's a little grittier. It's fun, um, and it was something I've, i I've Fantasize because it's, uh, it almost feels like fanfic. You give me like a legit murder that they have to
0: solve in, in. It's fun. Yeah. Now, all of this is incredibly interesting and it serves as, well, actually, before we get into that, before we do that, WB properties. Gail Simone says she cannot remember what was on the list. Are there any WB properties that you wish they would have done something with? There's tons, but I feel like I might be using them soon. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised because of all the, the moving parts of this, but like a Harry Potter comic. Mm. Oh. That yeah. one, th- that's probably the biggest IP you could possibly do that doesn't have a, a Pokemon, I guess that doesn't have a comic, and DC could have theoretically maybe done that.
2: Preferably in the era of Hogwarts when they just shat on the floor and they apparated it away. What? That's canon. JK made that canon before <laughs> Hogwarts had plumbing.
1: Yo, they own... Ooh, I'm not... actually, I'm not going to say anything. Right? right?
0: <laughs> All right, so what we're dancing around is... We hit the likes goal. We smashed it. We got to where I actually wanted to get. So I'm really happy about that. Um, And I might have to start challenging you guys a little bit more. We cleared it. So what that means is, of course, we get to play a game. The game is be the editor. So what we are going to do is we are going to assemble individually – A dream creative team to make a comic book based on a non-comics IP. Now, A, this is not a draft. B, there are no limitations on what you choose other than it has to be something that originated outside of comics. You can only choose creators from comics. You cannot say Zack Snyder, for example. And the winner... What wins is chosen by the audience. Bonus points. Bonus points if you can come up with this, with the, with the storyline. What if I can do more than one book? Word. No, nah, we're doing one book. Damn.
1: I got I to make a choice now. Yo, Tyler. Ah, oh, this is our realm, bro.
2: So, uh, Deus Ex Macchiato, I think again for the, the super chat. Scott Steiner's Court of Falcons with Blue Falcon win. Oh, um, so according macchiato. to his Twitter, possibly this year.
0: Right. Yeah. Snyder's open for business now.
2: Yep. Yeah. Superhero
0: business. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, okay. I got mine. Yeah, Shoot, I got mine.
2: Go ahead. I got mine. All right. So, mine is going to be written by Warren Ellis. Don't cancel me. Um, written by Warren Ellis drawn by Sean Murphy. Don't cancel me. Um, and it is a Mad Max comic book. Nice. Sean Murphy drawing Mad Max vehicles? Fun to say. Uh, there's nobody better in comics who can draw cars. Um, what it would be about? What is Mad Max really about? They're trying to get to a destination. And, it, and madness ensues. That's really all it is. And I feel like Warren Ellis could have a more of a high sci-fi spin on it maybe a high uh concept uh wackiness to it that could be a lot of fun
1: i like it i got uh popeye (laughs) by mark russell stephen Pugh, and uh the idea there is gonna be um olive oil is leaving uh, Popeye for Bluto, so he has to reconcile with the fact that he's that she he's not stealing her; she's leaving of his volition, and he has to lament all of this to Wimpy. Are you guys familiar with Wimpy? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the the burger guy, he's one of my yeah. favorite characters. Um, and I'll give
2: you a dollar tomorrow for a hamburger today. something like
1: Yes, that. Yeah. yes, dude. Yep, exactly. And so and is this Popeye the, so- <laughs> Popeye the
2: incel book? Popeye the Insel man.
1: This is Popeye uh, 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 moving on and then going to a uh, sweet
0: pea. Oh my god, <laughs> Marco! Why does um, huh? Your pitch sound like your life. <clears throat> I'm
1: I'm no, all all I'm saying is that it'd be an interesting character examination by Mark Russell.
2: Marco's just gonna be like, whoa,
0: just constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard him do that before, <laughs> multiple times. That's his own noise. okay so we got Popeye from Marco this is hard because I also have a lot that I would like to do um I think I think I'm going to go with a character that oh man if I this is a dream like I wish I could name myself as the writer because this is my dream project so the character is Mega Man I think Mega Man is brilliant. I love that character so much. And I want a story that is going to serve as not only an introduction to the character, but a back-to-basics approach that is just a great Mega Man story that gives you the trappings of what you would expect from the character in a narrative form that makes sense, right? So the creative team that I choose is Jeff Johns, as the writer, because Jeff Johns has proven that he can tell family stories. And in my mind, this Mega Man story is going to be focused on Mega Man, Dr. Light, Roll, who is Mega Man's sister, and Proto Man, who was Mega Man's brother. Ooh. So it would be a family-focused story. And then, of course, we've seen what Jeff Johns did with Junkyard Joe. So I I I love that. But from an art standpoint, I would go in a different direction and I would get Nicholas Draper Ivy. Oh, sick. Because Nicholas Draper Ivy, to me, his art style is the perfect fusion of Western comics and manga and Mega Man is a Japanese character that I want to cross over into American comics. So the Arguably the best writer in American comics, the future fusion artist that brings it all together, and Mega Man. That's my pitch. Interesting pitch. Interesting. So it's up to you guys, audience. We've got Popeye. (laughs) I'm not doing the impression again. Sorry. Mark Russell and Steve Pugh. That's Marco's suggestion. Uh, Tyler, what was yours again? Mine was Mad Max by Warren Ellis and Sean Gordon Murphy. Yo,
2: Warren Ellis, though. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. They could do like a like a small ensemble character-based thing, yeah.
0: And then I went with Mega Man by Jeff Johns and Nicholas Draperide. Um, how long do you guys see the series going? Five issues. 12 issues. 12. I'll go with 12. No,
1: dude, yours could be an ongoing. Like, that's a nice, like, slice of life book. Is it? Uh, I'm not as familiar with the lore, but isn't um, uh, what's his face? Oh my god, it just blanked. Red, Proto Man is not Proto Man his rival?
0: No, pro. Well, isn't sort of. Like he's presented as a mysterious agent, and then over time you learn that's his brother, and you know all that kind of jazz. But they're not they're not literally brothers. Like they're robots. But sure, right, right. You right. Know, it's- Where
2: does Cut Man uh go in all this? Wood Man. <laughs> Dude, wood man cut, would cut if
0: a woodman could. Cut man's the first villain. You gotta, gotta go, be. cut man. Gotta be. Guts can I name? Can
2: I name my other ideas that I didn't? Is, is not nope. up for vote. No. Not for oh, vote?
0: Come
1: on, vote. one more. This isn't more. the last time
0: we're gonna do this. There's Damn. no. There's no need for us to do that. Okay, let me add it oh. to a sticky note. Hold on. Hold on.
1: Blow a load on that, dude. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we, we got some good ones. Uh, a Barbie comic from it's from Amin. A Barbie comic by Garth Ennis and Clayton Crane.
0: What the Bar- hell? Barbie goes to war. <laughs> war Barbie. Oh Barbie my god, it. that's crazy! Remember that time we interviewed Garth Ennis, Marco? Yeah, I love that. That was insane. I was that so was intimidated.
1: The 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 selection of books, and for, for anybody who wants to go back to that, the selection of books were uh, definitely war stories. So Tom account I think you you get a kick out of it. Sure. Um the tankies uh oh I'm forgetting the other one um something with flying red baron I want to say but um interesting books tankies were definitely uh, a lot solid pretty solid and he's he has a good perspective on comics
0: dude remember how they told us like <laughs> no like no conversation about the, the outside <laughs> properties That's the first right. question I asked them was about the books
1: yo and the
0: uh, the nice. more that happened I felt like us and then the rest of the guys were just like, oh because I, like, I didn't care, dude. I knew that <laughs> I who what creator doesn't want to talk about all their work? You don't want to talk about the most successful television show that's based on your comics? Get the fuck out of here. And of yeah. course he was down to talk about it. Yeah, he didn't crap. care. He didn't care. Yeah. Harris uh,
1: Good. Uh, sorry, Harris says uh Rom V. On a spy versus spy book using Jason Bourne versus John Wick across the globe as they're being played by a modern Moriarty type character. But who's the artist, Harris? Yeah, who's the artist? Gotta tell me who that artist is. Who's
0: gonna draw that? Jesus Christ, is Jason Bourne? Amin says Ben Ten Rebirth by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Let's go!
3: Damn,
1: Ben
0: Ten. Yeah, Gary Gary Frank
2: drawing forearms. (laughs) Love it.
1: Has Benton not had a comic?
0: He
2: has. That's, probably
1: yeah,
0: has. He has.
2: Yeah, Yeah, probably has. Uh, all sure my all my ideas your, were
0: WB uh, properties too. <laughs> get your votes in. We're gonna close the poll very soon. Get your votes in to determine Marco. Who won did you the first. hyphenate Mega Man? Don't interrupt me, please. To determine who will win the first edition of Be the Editor. I thought, I thought Mega Man first was first edition. It's not. Damn. Ben 10 has my vote, says Catherine Stars. It's not an option. <laughs> yeah, you can't vote for that,
1: unfortunately. Wait, there's, Roboters has a long list here. Jeff Johns, Frank Miller, Chris Claremont. Plot, script, dialogue. Oh, I see Whoa. artist Dave Gibbons, Gary Frank. They tackle Dune, and they make it a dirty, gritty, politically charged and insanely beautiful. Uh, Dune, fun fact, has a book currently. I believe it's being published by... Boom, um, and I've yeah. peeked in on, on a few issues. Um, great art. I'm not as familiar with the story, so I couldn't get into it. But I think House of Alt- Altrus. Um, the first few issues are pretty were solid.
2: Wasn't it? Um, it's a tie into the movies, though.
1: Correct on a standalone thing. Uh, some of them are stand because there's a few. Some of them are standalone. Some were tying in.
2: Like 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 based on the book. Uh, based on the book, correct. Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I um I've heard good things from um I think I have one friend who like has read the book and the <laughs> comic. Something funny about you
0: saying, I think I have one friend. <laughs> Only the wood. Harris said the artist would be Werther Deladera and Chris Sheehan. haven't heard of Chris. Heesh. Werther. I don't know who great. Werther is. Werther's great though. Werther is on uh, something is killing the children. Ah, okay oh yeah 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 okay cole says i was gonna
1: say a hot book would be cool cole give us the give us the creative team man
0: yeah all right let's close that poll let's close that poll up and gotcha. get the result closing poll all
1: right let's see let's see With a big old fat 10%, Marco got Popeyes, or Marco got 10%, Sean at 40, and Tyler, Mad Max.
2: If it helps Marco, I would have voted for you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: All right, so Mad Max from Tyler wins the vote. Thank you guys for voting. Uh, What was the creative team one more time?
2: Oh, uh, Warren Ellis, Sean Gordon Murphy. Right, right, okay. I was tempted to just say Sean Gordon Murphy doing all of it, but.
0: Yeah, no, just be cops so that concludes our first edition of be the editor let us know if you enjoyed that clearly I mean so many of you shared your uh, shared what books you would do Um, and clearly among us there's a desire to, to you know do more of these so we'll probably do it again Sean can I make a
2: suggestion or maybe you've already thought of it next time we do this we can't use any of the same creators
0: Mm, that's, that's, interesting. that's interesting That's give it some
2: steaks love a steak and make it so Kale um gets
1: screwed oh come in having not listened to these like, oh, oh Jeff Johns fuck oh Gary Frank fuck Gary Frank's free oh that's
0: yeah. right Sean yeah. didn't, didn't choose that's right that right. Nicholas Draper Ivy yeah Atomic Hound says I love this segment that is the, the word of the hound is the word of the gospel so that thank you appreciate it glad you enjoyed it patreon.com slash the comics pals if you guys want to support if you enjoy what we did here if you had fun today you've enjoyed listening to us for however long it is that you have been that's the best way to support us and show your appreciation for which we return it tenfold we've got newsletters we've got an exclusive show you might never have heard um you get to vote in the book club poll which a new one will be going up very soon now that we have announced the Dark Knight Returns as our next book club, which we'll be recording live, not even recording. We'll be doing it live on uh, January 30th. So come support us for that. Come hang out, show up for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Shout out, of course, to the channel members. If you want to become a channel member, you can do that at youtube.com slash thecomicspals uh, and click the join button. And uh, you get access, early access to our videos. You get the green name in the chat, the emojis, the whole nine yards. Watch this show live every Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Pools. Vote in the listener pick poll, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a gander at one more time just to see uh, where we are and if things have changed. Um, and they actually haven't. They haven't. It. It's a dead heat still, so. We'll find out the results of that on Wednesday. Uh, Let's do the plugs before we cut out. Marco.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Comics Pals. You can find me at Mr. Marco Animoto on all socials. Uh, And my most recent Patreon post, uh, again, starting off the the year, was about Warren Ellis. So for anybody who's interested in in joining, get a little bit of a taste of Warren Ellis. Will Eisner, Jesus, got some ennis on the brain. Um, But yeah, come talk to us.
2: Wait, wait, what is it about Will Eisner or Warren Ellis? What?
1: no, it was about uh, well Will Eisner, but I was thinking about Elvis. Okay,
2: I was like, What did you what do you write about Warren know. Ellis? Oh no. Uh you
1: All
2: can right. follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter and Threads and TikTok and Yeah, that's about it. Um what's going on lately? I don't know. Um I've been playing Lethal Company lately. If you want to talk about that or even play it, let me know. Join the Discord.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Until next time, take care.